Hey, what's up, party people? You want a sponsorship by Performance Designs? Then enter the PD Bullseye Accuracy event. If you have less than 500 jumps and you place in the top three at any one of the PD Bullseye Accuracy events, then you're going to be able to go to the, or you'll get an invite to the finals in Skydive to Land, and the winner of the whole shebang gets a two-year sponsorship from Performance Designs. Performance Designs PD has come out with a super, super cool event. You can go to performancedesigns.com slash bullseye or just go to their website. And at the very top, there is an obvious link that says bullseye. And you can find out, find out all the information about this challenge. You win a sponsorship for two years. You get a free main canopy, $500 off of a reserve canopy and all that super cool swag that you see these sponsored athletes wearing the cool jerseys, the socks, the hats, the you name it. That's the kind of cool stuff you will get. So go check it out. Go give them a holler and see what's going on and see what you can do. They're going to have these events all over the place. There are, I believe, eight events prior to the finals. Skydive Spaceland Houston on June 22nd. Skydive Midwest on July 13th. Skydive California on July 20th. Skydive Orange, September 14th. Skydive City, October 12th. We even got events going on in Europe. Uh, man, I'm going to say these wrong. DZ Morsali in July 27th. Skydive Never, uh, Netheravon on August 17th. And Skydive Imperial Brava on September 21st. Any one of those eight events, if you enter the sub-500 jumper class and you finish in the top three, you'll get an invite to the land for December 7th and 8th where the winner takes away that free sponsorship guys and gals check it out will you be the first person ever sponsored by performance designs with less than 500 jumps go to performancedesigns.com check out the link that says bullseye and will you be the one it would be so cool to see some of my friends and some of our listeners from gravity lab be that guy or that gal to win that event so please go check it out do it get on it even if you don't win it's going to be a great experience Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Rating Center. The Rating Center is a full-time uh, ratings company. We do coach courses, canopy courses, AFF courses, tandem courses, you name it, we do it. We've got six examiners and three canopy coaches serving you throughout the Texas area. We are expanding to other states over time. Be patient with us as it's going to take us time to get that done. But if you want to coach rating, you want to become an AFF instructor, you want to be a full-time professional skydiver, we can help serve your needs. The Rating Center is about passion. If you listen to the show, you know who I am, DJ Marvin. I am the owner. I am the operator. I am the founder. It is my company and it is my business. And one requirement I have of any guy or gal who works for us is they must have that same kind of passion that you hear Mr. P, Mr. G, Justin Grubbs right there, and myself talk about on that show. How much we love and adore skydiving, that's what the guys and gals at the Rating Center are about. You want professionals, you want guys and gals who will help you earn that rating. We're going to train you from beginning to end. We're going to make sure you're prepared. We're going to give you that best chance of success. No doubt, there are other great schools out there. I got a lot of respect for some of my counterparts, but I'll tell you, we are among the best when it comes to rating services. Give us a taller, give us a call, theratingscenter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and the Grams, the Instagrams, the Rating Center. Give us a check out and see what's going on.
Tonight, guys and gals, we have a good buddy of mine, Jeff Freeman. He is a newer jumper, and I love having those newer jumpers on the show. Some of our shows get super technical. They get into super detail, and I enjoy those, and I love those. Some of our shows are just us chilling and hanging out with a good buddy, and there's a balance of both of those tonight. And I really enjoyed some time with Jeff tonight. Enjoy getting to hang out with him off the DZ, Mr. P getting involved behind the boards, and just having a little bit of fun. So give it a check out. This is Kickback. This is Relax. This is episode 97. Did I say that number right, man? I got to keep track. But that means, guys and gals, we're closing in on episode 100. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen! Gentlemen, how are you doing? I think it's happening. I think it's happening. I'm not not 100% sure yet. My screens are really spread out. Man, that is pretty sure it's happening. That's the one thing you got to watch a big tennis match over there now, guys and gals. Tonight we have a good buddy of mine, Jeff Freeman. I recently actually met Jeff, uh, really at the end of last year, in the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. Jeff, you actually started skydiving when? Uh, End of end of October of last year. So end of October, we mean like the last two days, couple days, right? And then you immediately said, "Man, I'm hooked. I want more of this stuff." And you got your license how quickly? So, well, no, I, I went to Spaceland with the intention of doing the A in the week. Mm-hmm. And so the tandem was sort of the thing that needed to happen first. And that took a little while. But then once they sold me on the, uh, it's cheaper if you do it now. It's cheaper if you do it now. And then the uh, A in the wink happened and no looking back. Hey, look, remember what this means? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I- immediately you got hooked. So you went through your A in a week and you actually got your license in how many days? I think it was. I think it was seven. When you seven. factor the pack, packing class in and stuff. So, but most of the jumps in five days. Yeah, and then the little technical details yep. in a couple more days. Yep. And the no, I'm not ashamed to say it, I failed the first dive flow, and like there was this moment on the ground where I landed. And I'm like, okay, well, I wanted to do this. Do I still want to do this? And I hadn't bought the A in the week yet, so I just went into the office and paid for the A in the week, and it's like, well. I'm on the hook now, so I'm not leaving until I get this damn thing. Fucking man up, right? Exactly. I yeah. love it, dude. Yeah. So it's really fucking hard to fill the first time. Yeah, so the beautiful thing about it was analytically it was all there, and then when I got the relax symbol, uh-huh. I went into like a fetal position. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, I wasn't thinking about looking at the horizon or anything, and we just went for a bit of a nice tumble. We got out of it, and the rest of the jump was fine. Canopy was fine. Everything was good. But uh, there was enough of a flippity-flop there that was like, wow, shit. About what altitude did that happen? It happened right off the hill, so we recovered with plenty to spare. And the rest of the skydive? Yeah, the rest of the skydive was fine. Stable? Yeah. Pulled on time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Who'd you jump with on your first jump? Aaron was my tandem instructor and STP instructor all the way through. Ah, dude, that's beautiful. She took you... All the way. Man, maybe... Were you... No, I don't think so. I I want to try. I'm trying to remember who her first student was at our drop zone, who she took beginning to end. I mean, you would have known it if you it was you. Yeah, she would have told me. Yeah, but uh, well, I think she would have. But no, no. Man, Aaron's a man. What She's a wonderful amazing. lady. She's amazing to this day. I owe her so much. 
So it's kind of cool because Aaron and a lot of our friends don't necessarily know who Aaron is. Aaron Dera Sanchez, a wonderful gal, Mexican skydiver. She has been jumping for a good bit longer than I have. She's got 13,000 <laughs> 13, skydives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she is a tandem examiner for the rating center and, and we offer Spanish courses through her. But the part that's been entertaining to watch is she has built jumpsuit for maybe 14 years back in Mexico. And as she's moved to America, she's opened up her shop here and she's working on developing her business model here. And, and she's taken her sweet time. And I, and I don't mean that insultingly putting it together. She didn't want to start building customers and then end up having a stupid wait and making everybody behind and having problems. Right. She built a good infrastructure, and then she started building suits. Mm-hmm. You were actually also one of her first customers in America. I believe I was, yeah. That's a beautiful fucking suit. I love it. Dude, but it's too hot now. It's, too, it's so cool to see you go from her first tandem to, to her, you being her first tandem. Stu, or, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I understand. Oh, God damn. She All was, day of this. She was my first for like everything. We'll put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. man. And then you've got one of her suits on you, man. Yep. And I'm planning on getting the swoop shorts and yeah. I'm gonna support her however I can. And like I even I try to like pay for slots every now and then if she's like if I can squeeze her off of a day where it's not super busy, like, hey, let's do a fun jump. Pay back, you know. Hell yeah, man. Uh, just a shout out to my girl Aaron. Uh the Sky Flower is kind of her US name, Itande We. Uh, yeah, Tando We, and, and I can spell it for you, but you'll see it and you'll recognize it one day. Keep an eye out. Beautiful hibiscus for a, a logo. You'll check it out. Nick, are you doing okay over there? Yeah, I'm eating Chipotle and I'm super happy about it. But I was going to chime in and say that I had recently had Aaron uh, build me some camera wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are extremely nice. I'm used to wearing a whole lot of drag, even mm-hmm. when I have wings on. And so I put on the wings that she built for me and then just like shorts or pants, like my regular adidas pants that i'm wearing all the time and i don't feel like i'm wearing enough drag because it's so the the suit is built so well and works so well that i don't feel like i'm wearing enough to go as slow as i want to go but then i just wear those wings and they work really well man super high quality super custom fit really made um it's been unique to see because when you get this level of custom fit, when you get this level of tailoring, you're normally paying super high-end prices. And with Aaron, you're not getting a cheap product, so you're not paying a cheap price. No. Nope. But you're definitely paying a better price than not, man. Yeah, and the benefit I go on early was no lead time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm first, man. I don't have to wait. I'm actually waiting to uh, get a jumpsuit from her, and I do plan on ordering one soon. Uh, her and I have done a lot of work and partnering together, and I want to give her some time and chance to, to work with a lot of our friends and stuff, and then we're going to work on some next stuff and, and some cool. next level stuff. That's awesome. Nick, did you hear him say that? It's too hot for a jumpsuit? <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> well, wait till August, my friend. Uh, yeah, I know. I, that's what I keep saying. There's a lot of firsts for me that are just going to keep being surprised. So. Well, it's all new. You see things very differently. Yeah, right? yeah. So really one of the reasons we brought you here today is to talk about the Unlimited Jump Package. You're actually, I believe, the first of the 2019 crew to have joined us. We haven't had any other new members yet. Uh, But also you've done the A in a week properly. I say properly. Spaceland sells the A in a week and it's a huge discount. Mm -hmm. Not everybody takes advantage of the time frame. They just take advantage of the discount. Right. And if you are thinking about it, guys, know that you can just like straight up throw down the bones and do it over several weekends or a couple months or whatever time you take. But, dude, what was it like to immerse yourself five days? It was uh, the beginning of – well, no, I guess it was – how am I going to balance this with my job? But I kind of decided, well, I had some vacation left over. And so it was like, well, I'm going to hit this hard. 
and uh, it was it was wonderful just to be able to get in. I think I was getting in five jumps a day, which isn't really that many from what I've heard. Like Randon got in eight or nine one day. Man, five jumps a day for a student is typically a lot. Yeah, but I mean, some people, everyone's different. But for me, it was huge, especially after those that first day where I failed dive flow one, and the first dive flows take a lot longer. There's sure. a lot more groundwork. Um, so there was the exhaustion at the end of the day. Like, I can if you can talk to anyone that does a tandem jump the first time, like. It's an hour, two-hour process, and when you're done, you, I, I remember going home and getting into bed and still feeling like I could feel like I was jumping out of the plane. You still feel that. Imagine getting that sensation after doing it four or five times in a day, um, and then the next day, you go out and do it five more times, and the next day, you do it five more times, and it, it, it built up really quick, but what was amazing is just by the end of five days, how much more confident you already were. Um, it's amazing what you just try to, I'm a sponge. And so it was overwhelming just to just every sensation you can imagine, sight, sound, hell, even smell, right? Taste. <laughs> Taste. <laughs> yeah. The drop zone has so much to offer. Um, <laughs> you can lick feet. Yeah, exactly. You can lick feet. You can smell ass. It's just. <laughs> it's getting sexier than I planned on. It dude, is, yeah. Dude, did you, were you there in the plane when Mark, you know Mark Jenner? Mark, one of the Aussie fellas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He straight up licked Homeboy's feet. What What is Homeboy's name? Josh. Josh, Josh Hawkins. Yeah, wasn't it for to freak out someone specifically? He, just to freak out people in general. Okay. Yeah. Including Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't> think, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What kind of weirdo licks feet, especially dirty ass feet that have been landing and jumping all day? The, yeah, it's, it's Mark. Mark Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a great guy, man. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's horrible. Um, <laughs> so it, all these senses are... are, are overloading at some point yeah and and I, it, when i was doing the a in the week it wasn't really i wasn't taking stock of my progress until i was just sort of done and then after i was done then it's like okay all this whole new world opens up to you but i'm still sort of attached to my job and my personal life and i kind of walked away for a few days and then but the pull was just too large so after the a in the week at the end of 2018 i think i still jumped probably 40 or 50 more times in what November and half of December, which is a decent click for a non pack. I mean, especially a new person. That's a great bit, dude. Yeah. And, uh, it, but it costly. I had bought a rig shortly after I finished a in the week two, not knowing what I was going to do in 2019. Um, 2019 rolled around and I came for a day and got in like another six jumps. And I was like, uh, this isn't going to be cost effective. I, I need to buy this damn package. <laughs> And so I started the package with 67 jumps, I think. Um, done like 360-something, which isn't that many for half of the year, but many of the months have been terrible. That's pretty close to the break-even number, though, isn't it? I've passed the break-even. Well, I think awesome. especially sure. with the price increase, too, midway through the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's past, I think, 352 is the break-even. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, so I'm happy I'm through that. If I get injured or whatever, it's not, but I don't plan on that. Um <laughs> I have, but I have to feel like there's another guy in the package who's just killing it in terms of jump numbers. Who's that? Uh, Josh Pettit. Okay. He's got, I think, 100 more than me, easy. Um, not like in a competition, but th- there's just examples of how people just find the way to get it done. Well, also, the first part of this year, you spent time balancing a work life and skydiving life. True. Yeah. And we'll call that balance kind of uh, loose. You'd see me, anyone who knew, saw me at the drop zone, they'd see me with my computer open. 
and that was probably the extent of it. I'd wiggle the mouse to make sure Link showed that I was green, <laughs> and then I would go home at night and actually work, but push came to shove at the office, and I'm now a uh, unemployed skydiver on the jump package for the rest of the year. So. And to be fair, so people don't uh, question or wonder too much, the conversation went down, hey, bro, you need to get a little focus. And you're like, you know what? You're right. I do need to get a little focus, so I'm going to focus on skydiving. Exactly. Thank you for your time. Exactly. Yeah, it was uh, – they kind of – I'd been on the fence for a while, and I was trying to decide, do I have the balls to actually quit my job to skydive? And after an interesting meeting where they kind of pushed me, that I, they pretty much told me I need to be in the office every day, which – if you do software development for a living, you don't need to be in the office every day. It's not productive. Anyone who tells you otherwise, I'd like to have the discussion. Um, so they kind of pushed me to make the decision, and I'm very happy for it. I actually did a little dance in the office once I said I could quit. <laughs> and I gave, I gave my boss a hug. He was, he's this really rigid Chinese guy. He got super pissed. He thought I was going to hit him when I leaned in for a hug. Um, but yeah, then I'm like, I need to leave this place as soon as possible. Who do I talk to to make that happen? Yeah. So you say you did a little dance. I did a. I, I stood up and like I don't know. Like per, imagine stomping out a fire with your feet. Like and I kind of like like yeah exactly yeah. yeah like I did, I was overcome with this rush because like I had the few weeks before that I'm like how the hell am I going to actually get this summer right jumping the way I want to jump with this job? It just something was going to have to give, and I think I made the right choice. I know I made the right choice. Man, so you have this conversation with your boss at the time. Mm -hmm. He's standing right in front of you when you stand up and start dancing your little... My boss and my boss's boss. This was a formal disciplinary review about my (laughs) performance. You can see what I'm looking at from over there, can't you? Um, No, I wasn't looking. I can. I can now. Never mind. I was looking for uh, the the, the movie moment in Jerry Maguire where he gets fired and comes out and kind of does a little (laughs) dance, but his is... His was a lot more of a negative freak out. Oh yeah, no this but, this uh, this there was a lot of positive energy coming out, which just confused the fuck out of him. So, man, I could imagine being somebody's boss and like, yo, bro, you need to get your shit together. Yeah, it, it was a power play, uh, and yeah. it it didn't work at all. <laughs> and then you go, well, I quit and I dance. <laughs> yeah, and this little Chinese man ducking as you come at him just to give him a hug. Yeah, that is all. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this guy doing, but. man? I want to go backwards a little bit in sure. time. And, and, and one of the things, people tell us all the time, sorry I meandered, sorry I went yeah. on a rabbit trail. No. You've listened to the show at all or mm-hmm. enough, you know we do not stay focused. We're all over right. the place and yep. it's okay. Um, but let's start it as an A in the week. Describe the A in the week. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Describe the A in the week. In, in this A in the week package process, you said at some point in free fall, you left the airplane and Aaron gives you a relaxed signal. Yes. And you go fetal. Yeah. So I... <laughs> We, no matter how many times you practice the arch on the ground, or at least what I thought, the open face helmet, and it was a little bit overcome with sensation. Um, I didn't think about the horizon at all with the tandems. I'm sure there's a way you can screw up a tandem, but uh, oh yes, you can. Yeah, but luckily, <laughs> I mean, I, the tandem jumps were fine. There was no problem at all. Uh, did everything, especially the tandem too, where you you steer and you drive a little. Um, yeah, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the sound, the sight. I just brought, I tucked my, dropped my knees a little bit and got us into a bit of a nice backflip. I don't know why, but we fixed it. That's the important thing. It happens, man. It's really emotionally and sensorily overloading. Yeah. You go out suddenly, it's super noisy, it's super windy, you're feeling, you're hearing all these sensations. At the same time, you're having this overwhelming sensation of, 
maybe fear, maybe joy, maybe happiness, yeah. maybe like, oh my god, I'm really doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, first probably time, all that. Yeah. First time I had sex, I just went fetal, man. It just, <laughs> just is the way it worked. Last time, yeah. The last time I had sex. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm scared. I don't know what you you and Randon do in your spare time. There it is. There it How is. soon? How, you know he's listening. I guarantee you he's listening. Oh man, he's spying on you. He's stalking you. He is. So, yeah. Randon, we love you and we miss you, baby. Should have had you guys he, in here together. He's come. He says he's going to jump on Friday. Is he? Yeah, that's going to be incredible. It'll be good to see, man. You, Nick, you know Randon. Yeah, I know him. I know his uh, story. He's been working on the pro shop a little bit, right? Yeah, 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 man. What a good dude, man. Those of you who I I don't want to leave you too much in the dark, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Randon got hurt in a little bit of a landing accident, made a little bit of a mistake. As soon as he was starting to recover, he talked about it. He's owned his mistake. He's been very forthright. Um, Man, bad stuff happened. And we really didn't think he was going to jump again this year. No. And he... (laughs) Let's put it nice, nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and after about a week or two of everything healing, they're like, man, the injuries not, aren't as nearly bad as we thought. He's Wolverine. That's yeah. pretty much what I'm convinced. His doctors cleared him to jump already before this. Yep. And he's like, yep. I'm waiting till I'm comfortable and I'm ready. Yeah. And he's just trying not to rush back into it. Yeah. So super badass, man. And really the big thing I want to know there is just because your doctors clear you doesn't mean you should jump. Right. Random man, be like random, not random getting hurt, but random coming back. <laughs> yeah. Take your time and don't rush it. Right. Nick's over here finding every hey, I quit I don't scenario. know there's, what you're talking about. This hasn't. There's a great video of a guy who can't quits ruin a, the surprise, dummy. <laughs> they haven't seen it yet. A guy who quits a hotel and he brings in a marching band with him. <laughs> Say what? It's, oh, yeah, it, I have seen that. You've seen that one? Yeah, it's amazing. He's so, just like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i couldn't imagine dude i actually had a job we were we were in the middle of a work meeting yeah and uh, it was actually worked at a club part-time at night and the boss was like everybody has to work this given night i'm like yo and this is months ahead like yo bro that's my birthday i've never worked on my birthday i take my birthday off mm-hmm. i'm here part-time i'm extra help i'm not gonna work no everybody has to work Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, man. I mean, like, dude, that is my birthday, brother. Like, I'm not working on my birthday. Mm -hmm. But, and I mean, he threw down a really very, like, strong ultimatum. Mm -hmm. I had a radio on and everything. It was a club, so we had all the comms and stupid shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Later. (laughs) Just left. Later. Yeah. Super cool because the club manager still stayed friends with me. He still was cool to me. He still let me in on events for free. So Mm -hmm. I got pretty lucky with the way it worked out. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So you, your first jump, kind of a bit of a freak out. Yeah. Any hiccups, any real problems after that? Um, so the, the cool thing about it was it that, that the rest of the – so I think the way it ended up happening is I had I did dive flow one again, and then we ended up doing dive flow two twice. But according to Erin, not because I failed, but because she wanted to make sure before she let me go that we had the arch down fine. So the, the first day was pretty much just dive flow one, dive flow two. At the end of the day, dive flow three, she let me go. It was fine. But the second day with dive flow four where you're actually, she lets you go early, you start turning a little bit. Mm. And that one went great. And that was just a big confidence boost. And then after that, we were off to the races. Yeah, dive flow two, having you do it twice, I, I think is a great example of what we should be doing. A lot of instructors will say a student passed this jump. 
The question isn't, is the student past this jump? The question is, is the student ready for the next jump? I think that, yeah, yeah. You can show me a skill set that says you're good enough for this jump. Yeah. But your skill set doesn't say you're ready for the next. And, I, and truth to be told, like the fifth jump on the first day with Dive Flow 3 where you're like, oh, I was that much more confident. Would you let me go having already had those other jumps? The three successes before, and like you said, success builds confidence, builds success. And where did you hear that from? Oh, this guy is teaching this coach course that I'm in right now. Man, what a jerk, dude. He's a nice guy. Man, you got to think about this, Nick. Jeff has listened to me to talk for two days straight, Yep. and then he came on this podcast. Well, now you can understand what uh, most weeks are like for me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Ouch. <laughs> Left hook. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. Don't, don't pretend uh, to value my opinion. Nick, I just look, I'm looking at these like videos. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm just, this is videos of people quitting jobs epically. Like, I, this guy brought in a, I guess it's a barbershop quintet. It is amazing. It's funny because actually what you're seeing, not everybody on the internet seeing it. Okay. As you look at that screen, what's on the right side of your screen? Okay. And most people will listen to this and have no idea what the fuck yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, the left here. side, the Steve Harvey side, nobody can see. This the shot that's just you and me. Got that's it. what people are seeing. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think about that, Nick. Now the guests can actually see what we're seeing. Knock too. it off. So knock it off. Quit cheating. Uh, quit, man, okay. talking. Let, let me produce, okay? <laughs> let me do my job, motherfucker. We don't need you, Mr. G. Mr. P is back. Okay, all right. So Justin, you're Eyes fired. off Nick. Eyes off Nick. I got don't it. Don't look at Nick. All right. I can't stop looking. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. <laughs> Don't look at me either. I will hit an old man in public. We're not in public. Yeah, well, you're an old man. I'm in your house. I don't give a shit. I'll go to jail. This is on Facebook. It's public. <laughs> okay. So uh, you, you going through the student program, yeah. what advice would you give somebody else who was doing the A in a week? Um, first and foremost, if they buy the A in the week just for the cost, I think you need to they need to have that heart to heart with themselves on are they getting it because they plan eventually just to be a skydiver at some point in their life or do they want to do the A in the week as quickly as possible because if they're doing that they need to understand it's going to be a ton of information you're not going to have time to distill it as quickly as you want you're you're pretty I mean like I said I was I was learning things probably four jumps after I had done them when I actually reflected back on them like I said I'd, I'd read my log book at night and go oh yeah and then I'd go back and read the uh the little uh, ground school book that we get and like, Oh, this all, this makes this making more sense, you know? Um, whereas I think if I would have done it one weekend at a time or a few jumps a month, I don't, I don't, I don't, having not done, I don't know how it would be, but the advice I would give is to do the A in the week as quickly as possible because you're going to get exposed to so much information as quickly as possible. And you'll challenge yourself in a way that, I don't think a lot of skydivers probably do. Um, I'd say that, but maybe they do. But uh, no, I think what you're saying is fair. And I've mean, been around long enough to to believe it. I, I I had when I was four days into it, and I was almost done. I was like, I'm like jump twenty. I uh, happened to reach out to a friend who I hadn't talked to in years, and I sent him a photo of uh, Aaron captured a snippet of me tracking away on like the checkout dive or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I kind of found a new hobby. And it turns out he had started skydiving independent, but he was doing an AFF program out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And he had started like, you know, two months before. And he was on jump, you know, 13, 14. So just, you know, I do it in four or five days versus a few months. He and I had completely different experiences. And so I, I have yet to talk to him in person about it. I look forward to it. He's going to come out here in a little bit. But It would be cool to compare. 
first of all, a lot of people will actually go through the through their licensing process, and most people can't do an A in a week proper right. because they can't take the time off. Right. But do as much as you can, I think, is what you're suggesting. Yeah. Hit the weekends really hard. Maybe if you can, take a Friday. Because, I mean, some of the weekends, I guess, in the summer when I'm told, get, and I've seen a few, they get really crowded and some of the, you know, the the calls are really long. The calls get really long. We get so many students. Really, I, I tell new jumpers, the drop zone is like Disney World. Yeah. Come out on a weekday, you get one-on-one private attention. Yeah. You get all the help you can get. Yeah. Come out on a weekend, and it's like Disney World all of a sudden. Yeah. It's so crowded. It's an experience. It's, so it's cool. But. It's phenomenal. But if you can get five jumps on a Saturday, on a busy summer Saturday, I'm impressed. Yeah. Not because you can't get on five loads, but because sometimes there's so many students. And we have tons of instructors, but you might have an instructor who's working with two or three students at a time just to get everybody jump. Yep. So come out if you can on weekdays. I like to uh, equate it to learning to, to walk. If I take a child and I say, hey, kid, let's walk for 60 seconds. That's how long free fall is. And then one month later, hey, let's try walking 60 more seconds. And then one month later. And USPA, our governing body, says you have to jump at least once every 30 days yeah. to stay current. Man, if you tried to walk 60 seconds at a time for once every 30 days, you'd never learn to walk, man. Yeah, yeah. You'd look like me walking around a classroom. I look like a drunken fool in the front of that place. Number one, there's that problem. Number two, what you learn on one jump, you don't get to reinforce if you walk away. Yeah. Do three to four jumps in any given day. You said five. You're not sure if it seems like a lot because we have friends who've done more. Yeah. The average person, three to four is max in a given day. Okay. So I've been an instructor since 02 now. So okay. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, three to four jumps in a given day is maxed out for a lot of people, and that is okay. If five is in your wheelhouse, great. I've seen 13 in a day from a student, and I don't think <sighs> most people can. Wow. Uh, this dude was a machine, man. He That's was yeah, absolutely a machine. Um, at that point, you learn something on a jump, you go up and you immediately reinforce it. You learn something on a jump, you go up and you reinforce it. Now, I like what you say. Immerse yourself in the system. But I want to kind of take this conversation a different way and get your opinion on it. Yeah. There are people in this world who say the A in a week package can be difficult. It can be challenging because people don't really learn something when you're feeding them through a fire hose. Yeah, that, that, that might be true. And, and, and actually, in hindsight, when I was done with the license, right, the A license is a license to learn. The first 20 jumps I did afterward, the where I took advantage of the mentor program, it was a lot of a continuation of what I would say, like similarly the F G and H coach jumps that we learned about, you know, or the, the kind of thing where you're still working on levels, you're still working on swooping and docking and basic belly flying. Um, but for me, it was just jumping out of a plane was still the cool, the cool thing to do. And I didn't mind if I was still learning things that I already was checked off on in the, uh, on the A license card. Um, and to this day, I still think I'm learning them trying to get better at them you know i think you make a great point right there what's uh, let's see if nick will get this because you had this conversation with me already nick spaceland has a program called stp st program what's the s skydiver 
Yeah, man. Not be uh, number one because we want you to. That's realize it. That's my. That was a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd You're be fine, beast, dude. Because you've actually uh. been a big part of this program lately. Nick has, has produced a lot of our videos lately for our student training. Uh, your grasp of student training has always been good, but I think lately it's been very strong. We've had a lot of good conversations. I think it's been better. Yeah, I've had to uh, get to know the program a little more to work on some of the videos we've been we've been building. So. And been just paying more attention to uh, conversations that happen between students and instructors. And I like the knowledge, and it's great to uh, – I think everyone, once you're at a certain level of experience, you benefit by listening to that new information. And you realize that, oh, wow, I, I was taught that then. It just went totally over my head because I yeah, because I didn't get it. But uh, going, going back and doing some relearning is, is a lot of fun. It's been very cool having intelligent – high-level conversations about student training with you because you we really i will argue over a word dude and we and we <laughs> will but we can argue and still come to good terms and it's been a lot of fun yeah i mean it's i don't think of it i'd say the word argument but i really i want someone to argue it back because i want to justify the words that i've chosen to explain the point that i think that we're after and i'm happy when someone can argue against me and Say you know, prove a point of no. It needs to be said like this because of this. So it's 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 a fun sort of argument for me. We've actually had these conversations where the sentence is said one way. Mm-hmm. I disagree with him. We go in this large conversation, and it's it's a it's a professional, respectful conversation. At the end, I'm like, yeah, no, I think the way you said it is better because he's complete. He's completed the thought for me. Or at the end, he goes, "Yep, note what you said makes sense." Yeah, we don't need yeah, this word, yeah. or we yeah, don't yeah. even need this whole sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that happens. We can take twenty minutes to argue the use of a single word in yeah. documents. Yeah, for sure. Nice, nice. But I mean, it's the economy of word and it's a smart choice of, of how we speak. And, and I, I love that's why your videos are so effective, man, dude. I watched uh, uh, AGT last night. America's Got Talent. Yeah, was there a good one? Uh, well, dude, no, I watched a rerun. So Val and I weren't doing anything last <laughs> night. And so, like, when we're, like, I'm doing chores, I'm typing the emails, I'm fucking doing laundry. We, we play something on Hulu for reruns. And I played the one with that Cody Lee kid. Do you know who Cody Lee is? Yeah, that's the uh, autistic. The blind fella, autistic yeah. kid, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. That kid makes me cry, dude. I'll, I'll post a link to it in the comments if anyone. Um, it's pretty popular on the internet, but just in case anyone Dude, check seen this kid out. Cody Lee Rocks is his... Uh, Facebook page. It's he's got YouTube. He is autistic and blind. And when they say he's blind, I actually watched a video of recent of him recently reading something. It was packaging, mm-hmm. and the packaging had very large font on it. And he holds it up just to one eye, mm-hmm. and he t- he takes like a second to read it because it's so hard for him to read. Yeah. So he he is legally blind, but he's not completely sure. dark blind. Sure. But my God, the kid just, when he starts singing, it blows my mind. But it reminds me of you, Nick, when I watch that video. Okay. All right, let's hear this uh, backhanded compliment. I, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this. Not I mean, the, be, because you know I love to cry about these things? No, dude, because you know I'm good with crying about these things as well, dude. I'll embrace that cry. It's the way the producers put together the moment, the music they oh, put Oh, dude, behind. I love that moment. You know, I actually, like, I kind of study that moment. Like when I notice that I'm emotionally moved by something, I try and put my emotions aside and like analyze, okay, what's happening right here? How did they get me? And how can I steal it? Nice. But uh, not, not to discount the, the genuine moments that are, are beautiful that happen on these shows, but uh, there are some commonalities in, in those moments that I'm trying to exploit. No, 100%. And that's the thing I liked about working on videos with him is when we're working on the student training videos, how are we connecting with people? How are we, are we using these stupid words? And so that video reminded me of you because of, of the power of production you use to connect to people. 
Sorry, we totally sidetracked and got on Mr. P over there. He's, no, he, he gets no I, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. Yeah. Holy shit. I said something nice about you, and you said thank you and didn't refute it? Trying. What the fuck's wrong with you, I'm boy? Trying. I'm trying to be a one other piece. Back on topic. One other piece of advice I'd give on uh, if you're going to do the A in the week, do what I did and do it in the uh, the fall or the winter because the weekends are a little less crowded. They're a little bit more chill. They're a little bit more laid back. But so <laughs> people say feeding, getting fed from a water hose, getting overwhelmed, getting overloaded can be really difficult for people. Man, Nick, you've kind of made a point, and, and Jeff, you've also made a point through this conversation. You said when I moved on to the mentor jumps, I still learned things and, and got reinforcement about things. Mm-hmm. Even as far as in this coach course now, mm-hmm. you're hearing things again that you learned yep. back there that's reinforcement. Nick, you went through your student program in a very uh, traditional it was pace. A, a different place, yep. But a traditional pace is what I'm say. Yeah, I was jumping – Gosh, I was pretty broke, so I was jumping maybe once every couple of weeks. Okay, maybe okay. I, I think there were there was a day that I did two student jumps, but I'm pretty sure that only happened once. So back to we've got two very different pace, and and you've even said over time I've learned these things. But even that conversation of producing videos, you've said, man, I'm remembering and and being reinforced with things that I learned as a student that I don't remember now. So people who are critics who say you can't learn well in a week, maybe you can't. But some people can. And there's no doubt not everybody should be there. But obviously some people are okay. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, we make pretty good students. I mean, it's, it's hard to to argue the uh, just how well-rounded a, a, a student is that comes out of the program. And, of course, I think that, that it's impossible – for any person to pick up 100% of the information, but you don't need to, to, to be a good skydiver, especially when the information that you're getting is uh, so well thought out and thorough compared to what most uh, places provide for a student program that uh, I, I think it would be impossible to, to pick everything up in, in one pass. So that's why I think that it's beneficial to pay attention to those conversations and sit through ground school again. And even mm-hmm. if you aren't interested in pursuing a co-training, uh, it's a prerequisite, right, to, to have assisted in, uh, in ground school. Correct. And on a weather day and you've got nothing else to do, you're at the drop zone anyways, you're going to learn something and you might discover that you enjoy teaching some of it. Man, I wish I could remember who it was recently who, who took a coach course with the rating center and they said, man, I think it should be a requirement for somebody with my jump numbers to, oh, dude, it was Dustin Marlett. Did he talk about it on the show maybe? I don't think so. Okay, so Dustin and I have had a lot of good conversations lately. He said sitting through the first jump course with 1,500 skydives, he really got to understand the material. Hey, I'm going to become a coach. I need to go through this first jump course material. Hey, let me sit through it. Oh, my God, my level of understanding is night and day difference. And something I recommend is when you hit 100 skydives, Nick said do or don't go through a fucking coach course. It doesn't matter. Go sit through that first jump course. Yeah. You just did that. I just did it, yeah. How did that information connect for you? It was, I mean, it was, <laughs> that's how much of a geek I am. I re-reviewed my own material from my A-license in a week program to, like, prep for sitting through ground school just in case, like, I got put on the spot to uh, demo things or, you know. But it was it was nice going through there again. And it was the first time I'd opened that book in, you know, months. So it was it was good. 
Who did you uh, assist in uh, Francisco? Opera? Okay. Yeah, it's always just curious to see who and, and where because everybody has their own quirks, their own personality traits, their own strengths for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And Cisco does a pretty good job. He's pretty thorough. I, I he, like him. He keeps it simple. He, exactly. He keeps it short and simple. How important is that to you? It was really important because everyone in that room wanted to do jumps that day. They, they had all committed to, yeah, let's do the solo jumps. So they were antsy, you know, and I think he did a good job of uh, feeding off their excitement. Maybe, maybe keeping it down a little bit, making sure that they were actually ready. Yeah. We so often in life hear the word KISS. KISS means keep it simple, stupid, right? But what does KISS really stand for to you right now? <laughs> this is the, I forgot. <laughs> keep it specific. No, think short. about me. There we go. <clears throat> keep it short. <laughs> and specific. Keep it, think about me is the second one. Simple. simple. <laughs> and then think about the last word. Specific. Keep it short, simple, and specific. And, and we've talked about, we all have seen instructors who give way too much information. And I'm very capable of that. And I have to be careful who I'm speaking with. Right. Because if you overload them, they have too much to remember. And they're probably going to forget the good stuff, not the bad stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. Keep it short, simple, and specific. What do I need to remember to survive a first jump? Yeah. Yeah. The, the handles, man. <laughs> man, if I know where my handles are and how to use them, chances are I'm going to survive. With no names and no picking on anybody, have you watched other instructors teach first jump courses, sat in on portion sections, or listened to uh, malfunction junction? Um, I've seen some malfunction junctions, yeah, and some are definitely more effective than others. I have only done two, the two first jump courses with yeah. Aaron and Francisco. When it comes to malfunction junction, again, I, I don't want to pick on anybody. Sure, sure. I want kind of ideas. You say some are more effective than others. What do you mean? So I don't know the actual, without knowing who the students were, but I there are some where it's like, Especially when I was in A license in the week, I'm doing malfunction junction every day because that's one of the requirements. Whatever day you show up to jump, you go through malfunction junction just to be sure. Mm-hmm. But then in the mentor program, I would just sit there and observe because I still wanted to be sure. Um, and there were a couple where, again, the, the malfunctions turned into, well, in my experience, this has happened. And then it turns into a long story about the instructor's experience with that malfunction. And not that that's bad information, but the students weren't practicing at that time associating image with an action. It was a lot of listening, like a lecture. And it just didn't seem like it was sinking in as much. Case studies is what we would call call them in teaching uh, vernacular. Sometimes using a case study, using a real-life example is super helpful. But you have to ask yourself, is this a productive story or a rabbit trail? Yeah. And there were enough of those with that with that particular individual. Yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were two or three of them in one malfunction junction where, it, yeah, it's a story about him more than the, the malfunctions. So <laughs> Now, I, I, you get, but I want to know so badly now who decided to retain it. It's, it's the same guy I already told you about today. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another, yeah, another, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same, same person, which I think this is a, a very effective, very good individual who just gets a little bit sidetracked by their He's own. He's enthusiastic. Start. Yeah. He's very enthusiastic. About himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, have you met skydivers? Yeah, right, man. If you haven't, yeah. then you haven't met one because they'll tell you they are one. Yeah. So you've sat through Malfunction Junction quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Have you changed the way you would do EPs versus the way you were trained? I've just now mustered up the change, the confidence after sitting through safety day this year. Uh, I was always the two hand look, look like this. Yeah, yeah. And I've granted, knock on wood, all things are going well. Haven't had a malfunction yet. Yeah. Um, but now, how many I'm, jumps do you have total? Four, 
432. Oh, it's coming. Oh, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> statistics are saying it's going to happen, especially since I'm packing now. Yeah, you know, I've seen people with uh, thousands of jumps, like in close to 10,000 without a cutaway. Uh, Fudala just told me he had his first one at 1,800, uh, like like last year or something. So that's... I have gone... It's been well over 5,000, almost 6,000 jumps since my last cutaway. Okay. And I've done a couple of t- intentionals. Those don't fucking count. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a malfunction. But yeah. Yeah, I have video of you doing cutaway very recently. Uh, however... Uh, Full of shit. Great incident in the packing room the other day. I Be- said malfunction. Uh, again, throwing myself under the bus here. I uh, broke my closing loop trying to close it up the other day. So obviously the 10% wear qualitatively uh, didn't pass my sight test many jumps before it should have. Um, so, But that could have easily been one, right? So glad it happened on the packing floor. Absolutely, man. So that's where I learned 10% wear isn't just about fraying. It's about color. Because so, when I looked at the closing loop, I looked at a new one. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking? Yeah. I, and I really I understand people say uh, you can have up to ninety percent of your closing loop and you should be fine, um, dude. I changed my closing closing loop way before it's time. It, it's what's it hurt? Yeah, no, I, that that's what I learned. I love moments yeah. like that where I'm just thankful it happened on the ground. So, so many drop zones you can get a closing loop for free, and the drop zones you can't get a closing loop for free, you're going to pay a dollar. Yeah, man, if you change your closing loop every single day you jump. It's a dollar every extra day. I mean, come on, man. You're not going to need to change it that often. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. One of the most complex malfunctions in the world is what? Uh, <laughs> Out-of-sequence deployment? Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, it's out-of-sequence deployment. It seemed like it was on topic, but I don't, have the, I don't know. So. Yeah, nah, that's fair, man. It, you go out in free fall. Your pilot shoots still in the pouch, and your bag comes open. It now is out of sequence. It is one of the places that you have to do things in an odd or weird order with an odd or weird thought process. And if things don't work right in fixing it, in other words, throw the handle to get it back in sequence, then the rest of things that can happen can become very warped and very technical very quickly if you're not careful. Yeah. So why not invest your time in that extra closing loop? Why not change it so often? Yeah. Were you about to uh, say- my closing loop matches my container, so I'm going to jump until it breaks. <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> my the the I'll just show you my closing loop. It's it's the same black and teal that that my rig oh, is. That fancy black teal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything everything's custom about that rig. Okay. E- even the closing loop. That's awesome. She for, she real pretty. For That's the longest time, I was getting. Uh, I had a bunch of orange closing loops. PD had orange closing loops for a long time, and they'd given me a handful of them, and I gave away all but like five. So I had five orange closing loops, and that, I had an orange one forever, dude. Nice. I absolutely loved it. I want to start and park real quick that you said on EPs. Uh, a lot of schools will teach students, grab your cutaway handle with two hands, mm-hmm. cut away with two hands, go to your reserve with two hands. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose? What's the advantage of that? Uh, to make sure that you can actually, I think, do the peeling. I mean, you're, you're not going to like lose the grip and then have a hand off the handle. That's going to help. It's going to be helpful. But the real purpose is, is if both my hands are on my cutaway handle, chances are I won't pull my reserve handle till I'm done with that action. Gotcha. It's to prevent out-of-sequence handle pulls is a big part of it. Yes, the other hand helps keep the grip on it. Yes, the other hand helps complete the cutaway if there's any extra force. Absolutely. But now... I got to be done with that action or at least think I'm done with that action before I ever grab my reserve handle. With my hand on my cutaway handle and my hand on my reserve handle, if I get premature with my left hand and I I slip on my cutaway handle and then just fire my reserve, I'm firing a reserve into a malfunction main. Not a good day. Mm -hmm. 
So you've changed that two-handed method. I've been, yeah, I've been practicing the two-handed method almost every time in the plane now. So, so. I'm, I'm curious. What's your process? Tell me how you're doing it. I was, actually, I was watching Stig do it, and I'm like, I really like what he does because when he goes to check his handles, he's actually going through the deployment. I, I watch what he's doing. He's visualizing the deployment. So he's arching, he's, he reaches, he throws, he imagines the bag come out, he looks up, and then he reaches down with his hands onto his chest, reaches up to find the handles, pop, pop. So, first of all, Stig is dope, man. I yeah. actually hope to have Stig on the show sometime soon. He's, he's, he's awesome. Absolutely amazing individual. Uh, you know Stig, right? Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen him around much the last yeah, little some bit. personal stuff Yeah, just him, dealing so. with some personal family things. Yeah. Uh, he's doing all right. He's doing good, but he's helping out his family where he can. Uh, he should be back hopefully soon. And, God, I got a lot of love for that human being. He is just, oh, my God, I, I love that little bald-headed freak. <laughs> um I like him because he's older than me, and there's not many people on the packing floor older than me lately. So I'll take that one-year age difference. So one of the things you said that I love is when I grab my main handle, I actually think about throwing it. And then I actually picture a malfunction. I picture a mm-hmm. different malfunction regularly, bag lock, line over, something I can't clear. Mm-hmm. And then I grab my handles with intent. I want you to add one thing to your process. What is the risk? What is the downside of having one hand on each handle and pulling them? I just mentioned. Yeah, out of, out of sequence to the reserve first. So I'm going to grab my handles. I'm going to peel very intently, peel, and you showed that motion. I'm going to cut away and now watch my head. What did I just do for those who are only listening? Uh, you looked right, looked left. What was I looking at? Do you know? The risers. I'm clearing my risers because if I cut away and I look right or left, and there's still a riser there, something's wrong, and I can't pull that reserve handle yet. Yeah. And then I need to pull my reserve handle. Now, reality is, is I've got enough cutaways recently. Nick did say he's got video of me cutting away. There's no doubt when I cut away, I am clearing those risers. It is a very distinct feel. Mm-hmm. Nick's heard me squeal like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a jump where... So, <laughs> yeah. for, for the most part, I've been just behind it. Oh, shit. Like, just a little bit, like either uh, d- depending on the malfunction, depending on the, the line that we fly to get to where we intend to cut away to hopefully get the cut of the, the trash back to the drop zone. Sure. I'll be on one of either, either side. And so, on this particular jump, it was probably our, f- what, fourth or fifth one or something where we had kind of started fourth. to get comfortable with the, with the process. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first reserve opening that wasn't totally on heading. He uh-huh. got basically a, not quite a 90 to the left, but a little bit of a turn to the left, which turned him right. He So as he looked up at his deploying reserve, he saw me, which hadn't <laughs> happened yet. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, that was a little more, it was a little closer than I was comfortable with. <laughs> That's a little too close. That's a little too close. It's <laughs> like, dude, I'm further away than the last two. <laughs> but but he's be, aware, though. Because where I was, I, I he saw me because of the, the turn of, yeah. uh, of the reserve. I, he's always been on my right. He's always been yeah. off to my right. I had no expectation of him being there. Oh, that's a little closer than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. and like, it made me wish sure, so, so badly that we were getting uh, audio recording of our of – because our, we have voice comms in. <laughs> oh. So we can hear each other really clearly oh, yeah. under, oh, under awesome. canopy. So, uh, so it was real. What song did we sing together? Bohemian Rhapsody, I, I, I think. Don't, I don't remember what we were singing, but it was a lot of fun. It's really strange to be able to talk to someone in a moment that you're so used to being alone in. Uh-huh. And I've never worked as a tandem instructor, so I've never shared canopy time with anybody at all, ever. Okay. And it's like, like doing the hop and pops, even like I'm still in the airplane and I'm watching DJ in free fall and we're still just chatting. <laughs> That's cool. And it's super, uh, super weird, but it's a lot of fun. And we did get caught doing a duet. The first time we had comms on, 
we didn't have them set up right to hear each other well, and it was covering the mouthpiece with tape, etc. The second time, the first time, can you hear me? I can hear you. And like, it was very faint. The second time with comms, dude, can you hear me? Dude, I can hear you. Dude. Stand I'm, by your man. I'm going to pull at eight <laughs> seconds. I'm going to wait to exit before you pull. Okay, I'm pulling. I mean, we had a full conversation about fucking, I'm gonna go, and I'm watching the plane fly away with Nick's little head popping. Not that you're small, but the plane was getting small. And let's be honest, my head is pr- him proportionately large. Dude, you look so cute when you run, by the way. Is that true? Because you're so short. Oh, I'm just. Your up. legs are moving so quick and you're going so slow. <laughs> that, was, that was a light jog this morning, man. You have a good turnover? <laughs> well, if, I, if I'm sprinting, I can, I can, I can go. I can right. hit the gas pedal. But right. uh, no, he a, was... a friend of mine recently introduced an idea that we may be running every day for an upcoming challenge. I've, I've heard about and that. And so <laughs> I started running today because fuck it. So I'm actually it's in my it's in my uh, forecast of running in the very near future. The next couple of weeks, I have a plan of when I'm going to start running, and I thought I was so, I was so stoked, like bro, I'm going to start running in the next couple of weeks. And I drove up to the drop this morning. And I saw Nick's little fucking ass running, and you <laughs> pissed me the fuck off. Well, I also flipped the tire a hundred times. So what did you do with your morning? Uh, I had a cup of coffee. I, I had did coffee before of, I got there. I did some emails. I did some paperwork. I took out the trash. That was it. Well. I was running. Yeah. And I was hating you for it. <laughs> I love you too, Nicholas. You ever need a running partner, either of you? Invitations there. Yeah. Um, the offers there, rather. So, cut away, clear my risers, deploy my reserve. Mm-hmm. There have actually been people who've cut away and fired their reserve into an incomplete cutaway. Mm. I don't think it's as critical for a normal cutaway as an out of sequence deployment. So Nick and I have got to do a lot of drilling, and I say Nick and I. Nick got to record me do a lot of drilling with out-of-sequence deployments recently. And one thing that we found very interesting is, is something Kelly Farrington, the owner of Flossy Sports Equipment Infinity, uh, him and I have both known, and, and a lot of us know, that in an out-of-sequence, your bridle is shorter than your lines. So when you have an out-of-sequence and your bag comes out, your bag is putting tension on your bridle, but not on your lines. So when you cut away in and out of sequence, you have no tension on your risers. And chances of your risers manually or, excuse me, automatically clearing are very unreal. So you very likely are going to have to manually clear them. And we proved, what did we do, like nine uh, nine different out of sequences in that test? Were there nine? I th- man, was there, man, I don't remember the numbers anymore. I don't think it was nine. I think I'm remembering very poorly that number. Because I think we did two or three a night. Maybe we did six. We did two nights, not three nights. Was it two nights? The plan was for three nights. We so only did maybe two nights. we did five. Yes, because we, we, we cut the last night short. Because I remember now Kelly and I went and did our own fucking thing that last night. We were supposed to do the third night, and him and I hung out and did something else. Um, but the thing that we uh, n- knew is the risers won't go away. And for sure, when I would cut away, the risers sat there next to my head, and I had to manually grab my risers and clear them and throw them away from me. Mm. And if I didn't and I fired that reserve, the reserve pilot shoot, if it hit the risers, and if you can't see what I'm doing because you're not watching the show, my right hand is a riser. It's going almost straight up to the sky off my back. My reserve pilot chute is going almost straight up at it at a very similar angle. And if my reserve pilot chute hit that riser, and it only hit it two different times, if it hit that riser, I would have thought the reserve pilot chute would have deflected off at another upward angle. Nick, I don't know if you've watched the video close enough, but both times it hit the riser, the pilot chute went straight back down. Really? 
So I've actually dissected the video and looked at the video and spoke with Kelly about it. And what I believe is happening is the round top of the spring, that round top is hitting the riser. So the side of the round top is now actually getting the spring to do that sideways movement, which takes the spring and warps it sideways, when now makes it rebound back into our back. I've not been able to frame by frame it, or I haven't taken the time to frame by frame it. But just talking it through with Kelly and looking at the video and, and picturing what's going on, it's what's happening. And it now dances around on my back. And Nick, I don't know if you, again, look close enough. On one of them, it danced around on my back for a second and then wrapped itself around the main crap yeah. and then went and took back off. I'm dead. I died that night. By the way, this was not a true out-of-sequence deployment in the sky. We were very blessed to have a wind tunnel give us the opportunity to do this testing inside. So we, we did it in a very safe, very controlled environment, and I still pooped my pants each and every time. So I think we're probably losing some people. This is kind of next-level nerd shit. Yeah, it is, man. Sorry. But, uh, Sorry. But, so, uh, yeah, long, long story short. Ha, ha, clear your risers because if you don't, shit gets tangled up. That's a short story, right? Yeah. So, sorry, I, I'll, Nick knows me. I'll nerd off if he doesn't remind me. No, and I, I think that if, if we had the, the visual aids for, for everybody, I think you could, we could make it make more sense. But I just think it's a hard thing to grasp. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you can find free time with me on the drop zone, good luck with that. Um, you'll, you can very easily get me to show you and describe that to you. I'd be happy to. Um, I do believe we'll try to maybe release some type of seminar or video on this in the future. Uh, Kelly and I have talked about doing some more information about out-of-sequence deployments and testing that we've learned on that. Um, very cool. But back to it. Cut away. Clear your risers. Make sure you're clear, free and clear before you pull that reserve. Mm-hmm. Have you changed anything else about your emergency procedures? Other than I know that there are distinct, the realistic possibilities. So there's kind of this weird area where, at least in my experience in the A license in the week, where you're so focused on the emergency procedures every time, and then you kind of get in, you get a little bit better at free fall, a little bit better under canopy, and at least it didn't feel like it was as uh, possible. I knew it was possible, but it wasn't a focus that emergencies were going to happen it was kind of like well it hasn't happened yet i trust these packers the equipment's really good and now it's like enough jumps have happened and i'm like okay these these can happen at any point let's start thinking about this again more seriously but now that i know more i'm just uh i guess approaching it more from less less mechanics of action and more like okay visualize it like i was saying visualize the malfunctions have you practiced uh grabbing your handles like through a canopy opening and see how, how different of a spot they're in than, than when you're on the ground? I haven't done it through a canopy opening, no. Um, that's a good idea. And uh, DJ, I was going to ask you, but you left. What uh, I was going to ask you, how many jumps you had on your first, uh, first cutaway? Man, I wish I could remember the exact number. I'm going to say Ball it was party. somewhere around 1,500. 1,500, okay. Yeah. And what was the malfunction? Uh, spinning diving line twist that I kicked the wrong way, so I never got out. I actually kicked into more line twist. Watching the video in hindsight, totally, I could have got out of it. Hmm. Just never kicked the other way. When you have line twists and you reach up, what do you what do you do first? So have a, a have a Charlie horse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you my process then, because I think that it's a good process. I don't get line twists very often, but every time that I get them, I practice doing it this way. That instead of grabbing my risers, right hand, right riser, and spreading, I grab, I look at the direction of the twist, mm-hmm. and I grab over from right hand to left riser and left hand 
to right riser. So which which might be one hand on top or one hand on bottom mm-hmm. depends on the direction of the twist, right? Okay, okay. So I'm grabbing in a way that lets me twerk against the twist instead of just spreading just the risers. Spreading and you know, again, I don't get line twists very often, so I don't get an opportunity to practice this very often. And sometimes you just naturally come out of line twists, especially if you have a lot of jumps and you're real comfortable steering uh, and opening with your harness. But man, it sure has worked. So I want I want more people to try it and, and see if anyone else has more success. Interesting. But it takes a, a little bit uh, more time to look at the line twists and see what direction it's it's spun up and make sure that you have whichever line group is on top your you should have your top hand on the on the, the lines that are on top of the twist if that makes sense so if anyone tries that and it works for you let me know but uh is there is there any um malfunction that you rehearse in your brain like more often than than any other uh with me in my packing recently uh and just my my new equipment uh the uh the kill line in the window there's like the spot where it's marked that it's fully cocked mm-hmm. And then sometimes, in the nature of me packing and pulling it around, it gets a little bit uncocked, but I check mm-hmm. the pilot shoot to make sure it's still inflated. I'm a little nervous about that still, mm-hmm. so I'm always thinking, like, okay, pilot shoot and tow, pilot shoot and tow. You know, that's the one that's on my mind. Line twists, I had a few of those in the student program. Haven't had them since. Um, but no, I just, I when I throw and when I open, I kind of just every time go, all right, motherfucker, do something. I just I like I kind of challenge the canopy like and that's great like it's always be it's better to be ready for something yeah. and be let down when you have a good canopy than than the opposite yeah. right yeah so you did you buy your gear new or what what you're yeah, right, all my gear is new and like I said I I bought the canopy or I bought the the container and harness new uh, as in I mean I don't plenty of people said it was a stupid decision but I did it right after I got my license um, then I got in the package and needed to downsize the thing but luckily. Sunpath has those nice long lead times, so <laughs> it uh, was able to work. And then the canopy, I just uh, bought a new canopy that I would be compatible for both wingsuiting and what I wanted to do right now. So, How many jumps does your uh, pilot shoot have on it? Uh, since I got the rig. Uh-huh. So that's, um, I'm going to say 80. Cool. So that that little window that you see, mm-hmm. the little colored section of line, mm-hmm. is when the pilot shoot is, is cocked with the, that brand new kill line. But it... Um, Imagine, uh, imagine having a little rope burn, like mm-hmm. that. I tug the, this this piece of line across your skin. Mm-hmm. You know, the ten inches or so, whatever, twelve inches. Um, the the heat that's generated in that over and over, like eighty times, is going to start to shrink, shrink that that line a little bit. Okay. So, usually, I guess usually between fifty and one hundred jumps, I take a marker of whatever color that's already in that window, and I just cock the pilot shoot. I make sure I don't overcock it and really, really yank it back up to where that old mark is, but just just comfortably make sure the pilot shoot's working. Okay. And then just I just take a marker and and, and make a little more color in the window. So I because I have anxiety like yeah. even when I know it's cocked. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just cocked it. I just checked it again. I just checked it again, and the color's not in the window. And like, it I, bothers, but what if? Like yeah. 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 But, um, and then I go home for a day, and I come back, and it's like, <laughs> But knowing that it's cocked, just putting that marker back on there makes makes my brain feel better about it. You really can't overcock your pilot shoot unless it's broken. You know that, right? Well, yeah, I'm going to argue with you a little bit. I want to hear it. I, because, I, I, let's I'm go. On, I want to so, see one of these. So when I have a new pilot shoot, like right now I have still a, a pretty reasonably new pilot shoot on, on my uh, Infinity, that 
if I really stretch it as much as I can stretch it, like if I He-Man cock the shit out of the pilot chute, then it doesn't deflate all the way, and I will land with it twisted up like crazy. It'll okay. have a hundred twists in it that take me three minutes of a pack job to, I, to get out. I those. But if, if I don't, if I just go it to where it's firm, and I don't, and I don't get my flex on while I'm uh, cocking it, <laughs> then that does not happen. So I don't know if it's just a fluke. I know the theory and have practiced tying a knot to take up your under of excess. It. I don't think that that's true. So here's what's going on: pilot uh, jump pilot sh- jumpsuit manufacturers, uh, pilot shoot manufacturers, and or can, can uh, container manufacturers. Some containers produce their pilot shoots in house. Some don't. They actually build your pilot shoot kill line with a little bit extra length in it because it's going to shrink. Right? So now what it is is it's just a little bit too long. So when it collapses, it doesn't collapse all the way. Because it doesn't collapse all the way, it has that minor, minor bit of inflation, which one side is probably inflating a little bit more than the other, and that's creating that spin. Mm-hmm. The reason I say you can't overcock a pilot chute is because a pilot chute has what inside of it? Oh, the limiter tape. The limiter tape. So that is actually the design and the entire length that you cock the pilot chute. So what you're actually doing is you're actually lightly undercocking the pilot chute by not he-manning the shit out. Oh, I'm lightly undercocking it, and that's what yields to success. Exactly. Not, yes, okay, I would agree with that. So yeah. I thought you were saying that my problem was resulting from me undercocking the pilot chute, that this the spun-up bridle. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. but now I understand what you Yeah, mean. so and now I don't necessarily recommend following what Nick's doing. Nick is an expert, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Nick knows highly what he's doing, and he's very measured and calculated, and you can hear by how much he's paying attention to it. But absolutely, if you have that brand new pilot shoot and you give it that little bit of undercocking as you go to collapse, it's just got that little extra head start. So it's going to tend to collapse just a little bit more. It's, it's just a matter you can't overcock it because of limiter tape. And people do worry about that. I do need jumpers like, I'm trying not to cock it too much. I'm like, no, cock it to that limiter tape. And I do hear jumpers say, hey, is my kill line too short? Simple answer. Number one, can you cock it all the way to the limiter tape? If the answer is yes... That's one end. Then collapse it all the way. At the top of your pilot chute, where the, where the, the attachment point connects, you'll see a little bit of bunch of material. Is that bunch of material, and, and you'll see it's all sewn together, is it going into the Y of the bridle? If it's going inside the bridle, it's too short. If you can cock it all the way and it doesn't go inside when it's decocked, it's not too short. For me, I'm a very tactile person mm-hmm. that I just get in the in the in the process of doing the doing the steps and i just cock the pilot chute and i can feel when the kill line has become too short because the bridle will slip a little bit over the length of the kill line yes meaning that the bridle is actually longer than the kill line because there's a little bit of extra extra play like i'm sorry i'm reenacting this for people that are just listening if i'm cocking the pilot chute and the 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 hacky still in my right hand my left hand that i'm using to to uh kind of be that uh, pulley point if that, that if that hand slips back and forth and i can feel the bridle moving over top of the kill line that's how i know it's time to either replace or, or lengthen the kill line yeah. and I, I i don't think just you're a tactical person tactile person i think everybody should be feeling their way through it i want to go back to that line twist conversation though sorry dude i have a really fucked up knee problem every now and then and every now and then my knee just goes out no i, so. saw, I saw the look on your face that something important yeah. was happening i could at, at some point i think jeff noticed i couldn't put any weight on my leg at all it would just keep giving away and i'm just i, I just thought you needed to dance the, P- the plf in man dude I'm, i remember i said i twisted that knee yeah, yeah. plr PL- sorry we don't fall we roll that that <laughs> That's is right. That's that right. is this <laughs> knee man um what uh, what I want to actually talk about is actually I'm going to go in a little bit different direction than what you said. You said, what do you do when you get line twist? I don't, bitch. 
<laughs> now, I say I don't is because I'm very proactive on not getting blind twist. Number one, don't overfly your opening. People say fly your opening, fly your opening, fly your opening. I'm not going to disagree with that. But so many people, when the parachute opens, they do too much to fly it that they actually induce line twist. But here is what I do. When your parachute goes straight above your head, your risers initially, your front risers and rear risers are together. So you only have a left pair and a right pair that are pinched together. As soon as my risers are straight up overhead and I can see them, I do something that some people promote not to do. As soon as I see them straight up overhead and I have full extension of line, I'm going to reach up and grab my risers as a bunch. And I'm going to grab them with my thumbs up, my palms facing me, the not the right way we teach the fight line twist. And I'm going to just hold on to them and give them just a light bit of tension so I can feel what they're doing. Because to get line twist, lines go together, right? As soon as I feel my lines coming together, I pull them apart in the opposite direction of whatever I feel. So if I feel them twisting counterclockwise, I pull my left hand back, my right hand forward, and then try to unwind what's going on. I earnestly can say I feel like I've had line twists less than 12 times in 8,500 jumps. I've never really counted or tracked it, but I have had line twists very few times. I, I've never sent myself into it. Like when you'd see someone's canopy opening on a heading and then they overfly the shit of it and send themselves into five or six line yeah, twists, yeah. I haven't had that. What I mean is when you get an asymmetrical uh, deployment of the bag out of the container, yeah, yeah. like when a corner of the bag catches on the inside of the container and before you even see it, it has that, that twist in it. Those those are the only ones I ever get to fight, yeah. and those are those are still very seldom. Or when you're doing an AFF instructor course and your candidate deploys for you, and at the same time punches your bag off your back while it's happening. Mm-hmm. I've actually had somebody deploy for me in an AFF course at the same time elbow my bag by accident, and I'm like, "Thanks for the line twist, a hole." <laughs> that was very recent. So if you're the person who did that, I'm not, I really don't mean that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, Jeff, you're in this coach course right now. Correct, yeah. Um, is there anything that you have been surprised to learn in your coach course? Um, n- Done by the Rating Center, sponsored yeah, yeah, by Rating yeah, by TJ Marvin. Uh, no, but I don't want that to sound like I'm, I'm underwhelmed by it. It's just I've kind of paid attention, and I've been, as you know, I ask a lot of questions at the drop zone. Some are good. Some are annoying. Uh, and that in, that's not just staff members; it's also people in the uh, in, in the packing room. And there have already been a lot of coach courses this year, and so I've been asking a lot of people going through it to understand what the expectations for the course are. And oh man, so you might know what sort of tricks this guy's going to throw at you on those uh, eval jumps. Well, he he also says he's going to try to prepare us, but uh, I'm hoping he surprises. But uh, I don't really think if you pay attention to class, you're not going to get surprised. Okay, yeah, so. In, in the coach course, we used to call rating courses certification courses. And in a modern day and age, we, we teach an examiner course training now. These are training and certification courses. And I'll speak to a good friend of ours, Rita, and, and I won't name the examiner because I have a lot of respect for him. She did her AFF course with an examiner who did a couple practice AFF jumps and said, let's go evaluate. Man, Nick, you've been in these courses. You've seen it, man. Do you think in two jumps you can be ready to... No, fuck no. You haven't seen the whole bag of tricks or anywhere near it. Training and certification. And that's what we're doing with Jeff. So today we talked a lot about jumps, right? Yeah. How many ways did I talk about to fuck things up? (laughs) There's an infinite number. Yeah, right? There's an infinite number, but I talked about the most common problems and the common problem-solving issues. Yeah. Does it sound like today I gave you yeah. a bag of shit to figure out? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's been two very heavy days. Yeah. It might be easy to forget it. 
But we do, man. We train you to be able to pass this course. When you fail a course, I'm going to feel bad for you. I'm just not going to feel bad. Right, right. If I don't train you, then I would feel bad. Right. I want to go to sleep tonight laughing at you, not feeling bad. Understood. So, yeah. yeah. You okay there, Nick? Yep. Just uh, having some OCD moments over here. Just enjoying myself. No worries. <laughs> I always want to know what's going every now and when you sit behind my brain's got to be doing something I'm sorry when when you sit behind that desk you get very different and very active and I like watching that little brain of yours go tick 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 it's yeah, funny I'm, I'm sitting and I need to make my brain do things you want to know what I'm doing you want you want to see how stupid my fucking brain is I will show you right now okay so this little coaster that lives here on DJ's desk has these stitch lines in it okay got it alright so this desk that I'm sitting at also has stitch lines that run down the desk so my stupid brain says, hey, the stitch lines on the coaster need to be perfectly intersected by the stitch lines on the desk. And DJ just caught me doing that. <laughs> Jesus so that's Christ. So that's the shit that's happening over here. That's awesome. And the stitch lines on the coaster don't all line up, so you can No, i got to split the difference, problem. dude. I gotta, that's what you saw is the moment where I looked long ways down the line to go like, oh, shit, there it goes right down the middle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude. Yep. That's awesome. Can't help it. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Jesus. So I kind of go. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Dude, you know what's funny? I get caught doing this all the time in conversations where, like, I'll be looking over someone's shoulder and it's like, let's say that there are blinds behind you. And I'm trying to perfectly align one of the, the lines in the blinds with the fence that I see outside. So you'll see, like, you'll see my head just kind of bouncing around, like, trying to line it up. And I'll see the person look over their shoulder of, like, what the fuck is this dude looking at? I just, I can't, I can't not do it. Sorry, world. You see the beauty in things, Nick. I don't know if beauty is what I'm looking for, but <laughs> he sees. I'm seeing something. He connects to it. So yeah, I, I do want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, back to the coach course. Yeah, you sat through the first jump course to prepare for this coach course. Yes, you took a test. Mm-hmm. How has the last two days been for you? Uh, well, as somebody who did a shit ton of schooling, it's kind of in my wheelhouse. I guess I could have been a student my whole life, which is being a nerd, but. Uh, I think some people are a lot more active than me, active learners in the yeah. class, and I can tell that the classroom is a bit of a struggle. Um, but when we're sitting there, it's you, you're a great presenter, and that helps a lot. You're dynamic, yeah. you move around, you involve us at the perfect times. So if the course was seven days, I'd be pissed that I'm not jumping, but I can think of worse days. There's, we're still talking about skydiving, still making yeah. me a better skydiver. Matt, first of all, if you've heard me say it before, I would love to see a seven-day coach course. But if I had a seven-day coach course, we would be jumping every day. That'd be great. It would be a better breakup of energy. It would be a better breakup of activity, of, of exercise. And, and one of the guys you're talking about, I love him to death, is Mark. Mark has been very clear that he's not a classroom learner. Yeah. And Mark actually, at the end of day one, is like, bro, have, do you do motivational speaking? You should be a motivational speaker. Yeah. You know that, right? I'm like, I hear it a lot. Maybe I will one day. Yeah. And if you are in a motivational speaking and you want to help me break into that world, maybe talk to me because Val and I are working on something in that arena one day. So our retirement plan is actually starting a consulting company to just consult with, with companies and with or with cities. She works in city government mm-hmm. to consult with different cities and do leadership counseling and leadership guidance and city government counseling, stuff like that. The things that she does with leadership stuff on my side. Cool. Um, but no, I was very curious about you because you actually have a PhD. Yes, I you do. You said I could be a student for life. You were to get a PhD. Yeah, but that was more out of uh, – I took the path of least resistance in my life. So school was always easy. Um, and it, you know, got me scholarships to college. Uh, it got me a good job out of college, and then my wife got to, went to grad school at Vanilla for 
to work in the oil industry, came to Houston. I tried to work at NASA, didn't work, so I went back to school. And I just, uh, math and physics undergrad, math PhD, and then I was done. It's like, well, I need to make money somehow, so I went in the oil industry. Um, but the classroom is always just kind of a place where I'm, I'm comfortable. You um, also are an athlete. I need to be careful with that because sports, athleticism, skydive in particular, I failed dive flow one. Um, I'm an analytical person, but uh, I think some people are a lot better at quickly internalizing uh, body movement dynamics. They can watch a video of somebody sit flying, let's say, and they can go up in the sky. They may not nail sit flying, but they know what their body's doing without having to see a video of themselves. Um, I'm still struggling with sit flying, for instance. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I could write down the perfect steps of what I need to do, but the autonomy of what the body needs to do is, is a lot slower, I think, than a lot of other people. So I'm, I'm an athletic in that I can run a long distance, a long ways. I can, you played baseball? I played, yeah, but that, my parents spent a lot of money on making sure I'd be good at baseball. I did that when I was really, really young. I, I, anything you do when you're a kid, you kind of cheat, right? Because you, you do it so young. It's like it's built into me. So you're really reinforcing my point more than you realize. Because when I say you're an athlete, athlete doesn't mean you're necessarily good at sports. Athlete doesn't necessarily mean you're a champion. Athlete means you've trained a lot. Athlete yeah, sure, means sure. you've worked hard sure. to do what you've done. Sure, okay. So really, you, you've reinforced that point. Sure. So you've been in a high level of training most of your life. Yeah. The coach course is half talking about mind learning or, or, or the mental side, mm-hmm. and then physical learning, the motor skill side. Yeah. And I've, I've been very curious because I watch you when we talk about these things, and I see them click very quickly and very smoothly. Now, conversely, where our, our buddy Mark, if we say, hey, Mark, what's D stand for? Dude, what does deer stand for? That poor dude. I, I wanted to hug him, man. But as soon as he goes to apply it, he crushes right, it. Yeah. He crushes it. He knows it without knowing it. Where you actually have a hard time applying it compared to him. You still yeah. do a good job. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. yeah. Like yesterday, you had some of probably the earliest struggles applying the, the points, although you understood it right away. Yeah. And that's where I've been curious about with you because somebody with your background, how different is a coach course like this for you? Um, yeah, is it, having to actually teach people motion and teach people body dynamics is something that's completely new. And again, math is pretty much like you either get it or you don't. There's an easy way to teach it. Uh, so it's a completely different style of teaching. So that's new. That's foreign to me. Um, but I'm not... There's some people you can tell who are nervous when they speak and, and teach. I think I'm not that bad. No, uh, you yeah. not at all. Um, you can tell Hudson is gets Hudson, a little nervous. Yeah, but Hudson knows his, knows his shit, but he's just, you know, I can tell he doesn't really like speaking. Public. He's just young. Yeah. He, he's just young. He gets a little intimidated by the public part. Yeah. You know, he gets a few more years, he'll be fine. I, t- I told you guys when I did my coach course, I had an, a background in teaching. I had a background in public speaking, right. so it wasn't hard at all. Uh, my partner had a PhD in teaching, so it wasn't hard at all. I'll also say my coach course in its entirety took one day. Oh, wow. So if you can go back and figure out who my coach course examiner was, you can find out that he probably didn't do the most thorough job. Gotcha. Um, I also will say it was the first year of coach courses, and we weren't that educated in how to run them. I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. Okay. Um, he's also known for not running full courses ever, so he's no longer an examiner. What year was that, the first coach course? Courses? Oh, 01 was the, first, uh, was the beginning. I did 02 the end of the first year. So O two is when I started earning. I earned all my ratings at the same time. And was a coach course automatically a prerequisite to uh, doing an instructor course? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to become a coach to become an instructor. 
Uh, it's half the reason, not half the reason, that is the whole reason Josh Hawkins is in that classroom. And quite frankly, it's the only reason Josh Hawkins needs to be in that classroom because that motherfucker is good. Teach, man. He, he he's, really he's, good. he's gifted. He's got it. Yeah, he's he, good. He's got a gift for gab. Yeah. He's like me. Yeah. God made him to talk and he does it well. He, he picks the perfect words to describe things. He's Silky good. smooth. Silky smooth. I was like, God damn it. That was the perfect description. Yeah, he really crushed it. Um, so back to it. Somebody like you who is smart, who's educated, who has a good level of training in their life, whether it's a formal training of education or formal training of skill set. Mm-hmm. I hear guys like you come to the course who say, hey, man, what am I going to learn for this? I'm super fucking smart. You did not <laughs> act that way at all. Yeah, I, 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 I learned real quick. I never thought I was going to be good at skydiving because, I mean, come on, from the very beginning, right? You fail, die, flow one, right? I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, people are a lot better at this than I am. And so I've just, that's how I am on the jump package too. I'm a baby. So there's tons of people in the packing room on the package that are my peers that I don't, they're in another level. And then the the staff and instructor is another level. So I'm just, I'm. Oh yeah, Nick. I didn't. Don't worry. I know. Just we keep having a conversation. I know you didn't. I'm just sorry. keep having a conversation. I'm sorry. We have a new computer for anyone who's listening. And I'm uh, so sorry. Is, no, I don't give a shit. Just keep talking. No. Yep. Uh, no, I would just. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, it's, I. Uh, I. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the one who's like. You kind of, everyone looks at it and nods and tolerates, but then behind their back, they're like, "That guy is a fucking douche." I don't want to be that guy, and I don't think I am, especially in no. skydiving. You know, so you do a good job of staying humble. I that's how I want to be all the way through. All right. I guess I want to lead by example, and if I'm not leading by example, I need to get better. I'll do what I can. One of my concerns with this course that we're going through is is I joke around with you guys. You can get a PhD in what we're going to learn in one afternoon. And you've heard me joke around about that many times. And, and yeah. as we talk about it, I think you can see how more detailed this conversation can be. Mm-hmm. So coming from a guy who actually isn't a dumbass, coming from a guy who's got a level head on his shoulders, do you think the coach course set up the way it currently is is worth it for the average jumper to learn to teach skydiving? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, 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 we could go all, that, all kinds of tangential routes off this, but it's going to help me a lot because I – I think I naturally I gravitate towards wanting to teach skydiving stuff. I told you what my intentions are to do AFF this year. It may be dumb with the amount of jumps that I have, but maybe at the end of the year it'll make more sense. But I want to share how great it's been for me with other people. And teaching, I feel like, is just something that's what I've always liked to do. I know there's the joke that if you can't do it, you teach it, but... Uh, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, there there is a joke to that, but at the same time, there is a level of of teacher who does a good job, and people still hold and earn that respect of like, you know what, he can do. He doesn't do as much as he chooses to teach. And I actually maybe am egotistical in this thought process, but I feel like I'm one of those types of guys. Yeah. Where it, Nick could very quickly agree and speak to like he's not nearly as good as he could be or should be because man, he doesn't do it very often. But at the same time, when I do fly, you're like, bro, if you would just stay current, you'd actually be good at this shit again. It's just a choice of where do I dedicate and where do I spend my time? Yeah. What, what do I choose to do? And I think for you, that's the same possibility, man. It's, you can still be good and teach. Those who can't, or those who, who can't teach, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't firmly believe that all the way, although I do understand why it exists. Yeah. So what's your goals in the future with skydiving? What are you going to do with this coach rating? Well, given that it, it, 
I had to decide what to do, and I decided to quit my job for it. The, uh, I want to finish out the year on the jump package. I, got, uh, I told my wife that, and with the house payment, we're going to make it work. She's, she's my sugar mama right now. <laughs> um, I had great intentions to try the jump package next year while I still had a job. Uh, that may have changed, but we'll see. Um, but I've decided I want to do the AFF rating this year. And then um, the rest of the year on the jump package, just get exposed to as many things as I can. Um, I really like canopy flying. And as you know, I want to do another. I did some coaching with you already. I want to do some more. Um, really enjoy tracking. I'm going to probably start wingsuiting with a guy once he gets to 200 jumps. Uh, try that out. Um, I just want to use the rest of this year to get exposed to things and then get ratings as I can so I have an option to... Uh, give back a little bit to the sport. You said you want to do wingsuiting what? <laughs> you Say that part again. Uh, there's a guy who needs 200 jumps. Uh, who's, we, we, we track okay. together a lot. But okay. once he gets 200 jumps, I'm waiting for him to get 200 jumps. Then I might go through the first wingsuit. First course. flight course. Yeah, yeah. Anybody we know? Uh, Catterley. Big Marine Mark. Oh, Mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And Sebastian, too. We're all just kind of waiting. Oh, Torres. Yeah, yeah. That little fucker. I he's like a, him, man. He's a, he's beast. a good dude. He's yeah. a super good kid, man. Um, canopy stuff. You say you really like canopy. Yeah. Are you going to join the bullseye event? I didn't. You I can have... still enter. Okay. Uh, Why aren't you? There's all, all these things that get put on that are like on the... They're a bit overwhelming to me. Like there's also, also this thing coming up, like this turn and burn thing that Constantine's putting on and all, all the camps. I... I I feel like I'm going to get left behind on a lot of these things because I don't, I'm introverted. I just kind of just show up at the drop zone and I just try to jump with who I can that day. And also I, I don't want to ruin other people's jumps or anything. And I don't know. I just, so the PD pulls eye event is a single competitor thing. You're not going to ruin anybody else's jump. The only person's uh, end result you affect is your own. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about it really. I don't, and I'm not on social media too. So I never really, know anything about it so, so it's a summer series like no other okay. <laughs> it's pd bullseye sport accuracy series will you become the first ever pd sponsored athlete with under 500 jumps now you, you <laughs> notice that he's reading the video behind you okay great this okay. is this is incredible so, sometimes i just feel bad for people that download the audio version of the podcast uh, yeah. that miss out on this like, is amazing yeah. <laughs> the stupid shit but, we do with audio so for real, what I just said is what it is. The mm-hmm. PD Bullseye event to me is the fu- it's the coolest thing ever, man. Nobody has ever been sponsored by Performance Designs with less than five hundred jumps, dude. There is eight eight meets or eight events between six in the U.S. and two in Europe, and in these events, there's going to be less than five hundred and more than five hundred jump class. You have less than five hundred jumps, you have more than five hundred jumps. Okay. You qualify by jump numbers by when you register, not by how many jumps you have at the meet. Gotcha. So, for example, our friend Lori Padaloco mm-hmm. entered the contest with less than 500 jumps. Mm-hmm. In a week and a half from now here at Spaceland Houston, we will have the first ever PD Bullseye Accuracy event. It's two rounds. Okay. In two rounds, you're going to be competing. You're aiming for a 38-centimeter target. Okay. If you touch that, you get a zero. Low score wins. It's a lot like golf. Okay. If you land away from it, you get scored metrically. So if you land one meter away, you get one point oh. Mm-hmm. If you land, you know, fifty centimeters away, then you get that point five or whatever the, all the math starts breaking down to. So 
you end up coming in with the lowest score. Yeah, I just did bad math. You just come in. You, I did, I did, did that go? Keep yeah. <laughs> you end up with with the lowest score and the lowest score wins. And all it is is purely a two-round accuracy meet. Okay. The winner of the sub-500 class and the winner of the over-500 class get gift certificates to the PD uh, store, gear store. You know, you just can buy some really cool swag. You just kind of some really cool gifts. Nothing too crazy, nothing too special, but definitely some cool stuff. Okay. But here's where it gets cool. The top three of the sub-500 class for every location gets an invite to the finals in land in December. In December, this is where Lori had to find out, hey, I'm going to have less than 500 jumps when I enter, but by the time I get to the championship, I'm going to have more than 500 jumps. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. As mm-hmm. long as you had less than 500 when you enter, then you actually compete, and the winner of the finale in land wins a two-year sponsorship by Performance Designs, a free main parachute, $500 off a fucking reserve parachute, and all that fucking swag we get to wear as PD-sponsored athletes. Okay. Every now and then you see me wear that really nice white, you see Tex wearing that really nice PD jersey that people are like, hey, where can I get one? By winning the bullseye event, man. That's where you can get one. Socks, hats, stuff that you don't always see me wear, some of my T-shirts. There's PD-specific sponsored stuff, so you, you get this whole fucking package. Dude. Okay. Why aren't you doing it? I didn't really know much about it, and I just accuracy i don't know it didn't really i don't know it sounds cool but i just uh at this stage you went through i already missed all the training you gave for it so do you land accurately can you land accurately we'll see (laughs) why not join dj tell me your secret to landing accurately i close my eyes and i aim for it man I almost started singing just then. Close That's exactly eyes. it. Yes. <laughs> Only for a moment. Sorry. Dude, I just uh, watched that Aladdin, the new Aladdin movie. Dude, I've heard good things about the music in that movie. So, first of all, did you watch the original Aladdin movie? First of all, let's acknowledge that a bunch of grown men are about to talk about Aladdin. Fuck yeah. I will gladly join this. I can sing. Now, I can't sing the songs without help, but I could sing along to all the original soundtrack to Aladdin. When the movie was playing, Val and I are in the fucking theater the other day, and I'm starting to sing the songs. She's like, I don't really know. I'm like, well, shame to be, it's a shame to be you. I'm going to sing these songs, man. And yeah, the music is pretty spot on. Very little variations from the original. The story is fairly spot on. Very little variation from the original. And dude... I freaking loved it, dude. I have been singing Aladdin songs since we watched that movie the other day. So, yeah, my day was wonderful. I got a new gun, and I watched Aladdin. Life is grand, man. Got a new gun at the movie theater? No, we went and watched a movie, and then I bought a new gun. (laughs) For Father's Day, my wife bought me Ah, a new pistol. So, that's a wonderful wife. A whole new world. But, dude, Aladdin, bro, watch it, man. If you liked, oh, man, it's fucking wonderful. And then uh, Naomi Scott right there. She plays Princess Jasmine, Naomi Scott. Oh, my gosh. She's gorgeous, dude. Wonderful looking gal. I told you I had a thing for Indian girls lately. Just saying, Val, watch out. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gosh, that Aladdin's not bad looking either. He's a good looking fellow. No, he he is. And uh, And who's that dapper genie? That dapper genie is Will Smith. His back was all shred down. Did you see that? Um, What's my secret to accuracy? Flying a great pattern. Boom. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. Yeah. Flying a great pattern. And straight up, man, fly a consistent pattern. If you fly a consistent pattern and you land in the wrong place, look at where you started, look at where you ended, move the entire pattern around, and you will eventually get to where you want. From there, fine-tuning becomes a whole other story. 
Have you been watching Lori shoot accuracy lately? A little bit. I got to I, I, on both jumps today. I got to watch her. It's kind of cool. Have you noticed she is doing a little bit of work on final? Have you noticed it's not tons? Yeah. Because she sets it up right from the beginning. Now, I, I will tell a little secret about Lori. There's a couple bottles of scotch over here that are a gift from my good friend Lori. Lori hired me for a day of coaching. Mm-hmm. DJ, I want coaching. Lori, what do you want to learn? I want to get better at accuracy. Have you heard of the PD Bullseye event? Yeah, I was thinking about entering it. Why think about it? Why not go for it? Yeah, fuck it. I'm entering the event. <laughs> you are? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to win it. I mean, straight, this is nice. how the conversation that sounds like her. goes, man. And I, I'm immediately going like, I'm in love with you now. You fucking mean what you say you do it. And so we do like a couple coach jumps and when we get weathered out. And I'm like, okay, we're done. I'd already made a decision before I spoke with her about this. And my decision was is I wanted to find somebody who was super serious about this. And I wanted to invest some coaching in them. And so we rescheduled another day of coaching. We did the day of coaching. What do I owe you? Oh, you don't owe me shit. Go win this fucking competition. So I've invested in Lori as a little pet project. I'm doing free coaching with her. I'm helping her out anywhere and everywhere I can. Um, And then I did do a free weekend of coaching with a large group of people. Uh, We even actually did a mock event. I I actually did the the bullseye event the best way I could match their rules. I don't have the entire rule set, but I did it as close as I could. Mm -hmm. I used the exact same size targets, the exact same size everything. And here's a big secret, guys. I... I used the target area they will be using for that event. So Lori has home field advantage here in Houston, guys. Nice. She goes to Deland. She doesn't have it. So she'll go early and she will practice. And so I, I've invested in that young lady. And God dang, she, oh, I'm impressed. Bitch means it, dude. Why not join this weekend? Sure. Next weekend. Sure. If nothing else you're going to learn, you can enter as many of them as you want. If you enter here and you get a good taste but you didn't do good, practice until you see the next one you want to go join and enter at man skydive midwest where else are they at nick oh gosh let me uh, let me pull it up I, I played the video that had all of the locations listed but it looks like he closed and, it and to play aladdin for I himself <laughs> but i also yeah, yeah. i also posted the link in the comments and i'm clicking on it now i'm gonna have the information so Hopefully. i do i gotta ask you i know uh, ignore the new computer but i'm curious how smooth is it working with all the extra interactions you have to do now uh man everything's been been happening pretty uh pretty smoothly okay we got spaceland houston june 22nd skydive midwest uh skydive california july 20th we have <laughs> sorry i'm watching the video and just fucking said everybody this uh, it's at the very end for a drop- whole list Oh, yeah, you were right. You've seen this before. Yes, I have. All right, we got DZ Morzell in Belgium, Skydive and something in Nethervon. Uh, Nethervon in the UK, Skydive Orange, Virginia, Skydive Imperial Brava, Spain, Skydive City, Florida, Skydive Deland. So, October, Skydive City in Florida. Uh, I'm going for my US friends, Skydive Orange in September. Uh, Skydive California in July and Midwest in July. So you've got plenty of opportunities to get out there. Give it a try. Give it a hit, dude. I mean, I, quite frankly, I want one of my Spaceland homies to be one of our brothers in arms. You know, a, another good friend of mine who might be in this room also recently got sponsored by PD. How you doing, Nicholas Lott? Hey, 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 dude. Oh, my God. It was super awesome. Um, I would love to be the, the newest PD sponsor athlete to be another hometown boy or hometown girl because it very well might be that young lady. So you've got half the year of the unlimited jump package left. Mm-hmm. What are you? What, what's your biggest goals for the rest of the year? Oh God! Um, I guess by the end of the year, I want to be able to uh, be stable in all the static positions and enjoy doing 
you know, tracks and angles with just get exposed to all those probably wingsuit a little bit, but this is the thing. Like I, I just want to jump and feel like I can get better. I'm not even experienced enough to know to have like real goals yet. I, I, it's weird. I'm just kind of doing it because I enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, man. I mean, I guess the big one is I want to keep getting better flying canopy and fly the canopy faster and do it safely and do it right. So high performance goals. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, but again, I don't know anything. And then I feel like there's a lot of people who have a few hundred more jumps than me that seem to know more, but I don't know. I'm going to definitely, <laughs> I'm going to definitely <laughs> default to uh, the more experienced staff on this sort of thing and hopefully get a lot of guidance from them. Well, when you think about uh, high performance, like what, what specifically do you see? Like when you think about your canopy goals and you close your eyes, what do you, what do you see yourself doing? Speed. You want to go real fast? Yeah, yeah. All right. Is is uh, is distance part of that for you? You want to go real fast, real far? Speed more than distance, but distance okay. sounds cool. Real fast. All right. Do you, are you familiar with how uh, speed competition works with uh, canopy piloting? Mm-mm. DJ, break it down for us. Uh, you have a carving course. It's a curved course. You enter one gate. You come out the other gate. I think uh, our, our friend Bo has some pretty impressive video. Your time between those gates is really okay. going to be your score said and done. I, I've seen videos that I didn't know that was a speed competition. Yeah. Okay. And actually recently with LMB, LB Live uh, feeds Nick and I uh, work on, we just showed Logan Donovan doing a really crusher run because even though it's a carved event, they take the race car mentality. They try to cut the line as straight as they can. Yeah. So some of them will enter the gate one way so they make very little turn, bleeding as little yeah. energy as possible. Yeah. And so your time through the gate is what you're going for. Next, actually, if you're just watching this or just listening to this online, is sharing a uh, rip by our boy, Bo. Oh, by the way, no, what are we shoot. doing next week, Mr. Nick? I don't know. You I got this on, on the, the wrong, wrong screen. screen. <laughs> I'm, now I'm brain farting. No, man, it's the whole change of system. Uh, right, you know what we're doing right, next week? Bo Reby's on, on the on. screen. Hang on. Bo Reby. Bo Reby will be on the show, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our boy cool. Bo is going to be back next week. He's going to be in town, so we're going to hang out with him. Who knows? Hopefully he has no more beer dues for us. Uh, have you had another beer due since? I have not had a beer due since our initial beer doing. Man, do you know what a beer due is? No. Neither did we, man. You take a <laughs> spoonful of coffee grounds, throw it in your mouth, and then chug a beer with it. What? So hang on, let's watch this video one more time yeah. just for, for some comments. So he winds it up with a with a big turn here, which I'm gonna skip most of. And so you see the course here, the course is this this turn to the left. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna try and fly the straightest line possible. So he's gonna come in on the very inside of the entrance gate and then cuts it all the way around to the other side of the exit gate. Yeah, it's a really good rip, man. I can't wait to catch up with him and see where he's been with canopy piloting. So going fast. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Mr. P swoop? I have. It looks it's, like it's, he's controlled crashing. Yeah, the other day it was really <laughs> yeah, I awesome. Sta- I stand him up sometimes. The other day it was great because I think like you were coming near Hank and Carlos and you were going towards the, you're heading towards Tent City a little bit and I just heard you laughing <laughs> as you're coming in. Was Dude, like, sometimes I really like it. Yeah. Man, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole sport. Are doing you, silly things with a parachute. I remember once upon a time, somebody would swoop. When they hit the ground, they'd hit the ground in such a funny way that they would accidentally kick into a half a set of line twist. They would pull it out of their ass and pull it off and go, ooh, I almost hurt myself. And now we do it on purpose and call it a blind man. Right. Any interest in freestyle at all? Uh, eventually, sure. But that's, okay. that's I'm not even, yeah, uh, walk no, before you can run. No, we're talking long-term Yeah, goals. sure, yeah, of course, yes. So 
the thing I want people to learn about this conversation is, is you do have more goals than you've realized. And the thing that I want you to do and the thing I want people to do is there's nothing wrong with owning these goals. Own them properly yeah. because somebody came up to me recently and said, uh, hey, man, I want to learn to swoop. I want to go ahead and start swoop coaching right now. How many jumps do you have, bro? I got 50. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, straight up at 50 jumps, I can start your swoop coaching because what's the most important part of a good turn? Getting at the right place at the right time to do an effective turn. Accuracy. It really is. So we'll train with accuracy. We'll train with good flares. We'll train with efficiency. We'll train with how to shift in your harness. Things that will matter. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to be going fast right away. Right. Fortunately, this fella actually, as, as we spoke, said, oh, no, no, no. When I say I want to swoop train, I don't want to do any of those stupid things. I, I, want, I want to get the foundation that sets me up so when I'm ready for those things. So there's nothing wrong with the fact that this fella said, I want to learn to swoop. DQ and I were both super concerned with the way he first spoke. It's like, oh, no, 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 not at all. Have super lofty goals. Have super lofty dreams. That's how champions become champions. Gotcha. But be real with how soon you get there. You said the word champion a few times today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this video in the comments. I won't play it right now. But there's this uh, – it's like a high school football teacher giving a speech called I Am a Champion. <laughs> It gets me so pumped up, man. If you need a little bit of motivation, you got it. I want to hear it, dude. Okay, it's it's long. I, I'm, dude, I got it. I got a minute. I get, uh, let's title. Okay, your hang on. Let me let me. I'll let me know. I'll let you know if I have it pulled up and ready. Cool, to go. Man. dude. I just want to go watch Aladdin right now, though, man. You keep putting Aladdin on that stupid screen. I can see you, son of a biscuit. Well, I'm gonna. It's a, it's a three minute long video. I, I'm I'm just gonna post it in the in the comments here, and we can, we can watch it later. Okay, but I, I don't want to. Uh, and especially if this ever goes on YouTube at some point. It's a YouTube it, video. It's got 21 million views, so, yeah. so maybe we don't want to bite the audio. I appreciate you uh, respecting where we're trying to go with that. And it's, man, what a pain in the butt. So was it you who asked me if I'm going to go on Spotify with this at some point? Uh, no. Somebody recently asked me about that. I'm like, no, we've got too many violations of terms of service for Spotify to accept this. And I've actually tried to talk to Spotify about it already. And they're like, nope, we won't put your show online. So we have to actually erase a large section of our episodes if mm. we were ever to go on Spotify. Or I would have to uh, – disconnect them from being online like nobody can ever download them again mm. so maybe when we get another thousand episodes we'll consider that so wait a minute what 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 uh, stuff do you think we have that would cause a problem i know ben playing that goddamn friday song uh yeah there's quite a few videos where we have uh music in the background that is copyrighted music and that's what spotify doesn't like huh. youtube doesn't like any video like if we put a youtube video on youtube if we replay a video, YouTube will take it down. Mm. I'm sure you hear Rogan talk about that one. Yeah, all the time. yeah, I do hear that. So, um, so we we haven't played YouTube videos much in a long time. That I think is going to create an issue for us. Um, we have uh, haven't played copyrighted music in a long time, but early on we had a huge problem with that because early on I didn't really care. Now I still don't care, but I, I want to actually put it on more platforms. Dude, those media bots are getting crazy good. Dude, uh, all, my, all my loopholes, all my workarounds—they're catching me. Dude, but one of the reasons the new film festival is not going to be a multi, uh, multi uh, place, multi location is because I can't throw the event on Facebook anymore because the media bots are fucking mm -hmm. crushing it, man. You know, I really did have a lot of fun with uh, the Head Up record mm -hmm. video. And that's so th this is one loophole that still works. If you can find a cover of the song that you intend to use. Like for for Mark Fields' uh, memorial video, I used a cover of uh, "Dust in the Wind," 
and that went through Facebook just fine, no problem. And then I used a cover of uh, a Pixies song that's in the end of Fight Club. I can't remember the name of it. I know the song. I can't tell you the name. But you, so you know the song. I used a cover of that song. Yeah. yeah. That was a, just an instrumental cover without the vocals. And that also made it through unscathed. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I used to try like speeding the song up by just a few percentage points. Like instead of 100% playback speed, it's like at 103 and then adding like some sound effects on top of it, and then chopping up the song, and that used to get get it through for sure. But now they're 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 busting all that stuff. I was wondering how because there's times that you would put copyrighted stuff online. And I'm like, I can't make that work. How are you doing it? You were cheating. I was cheating. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But now those robots are getting smarter, man. Not getting away with it. Motherfucker, man. Hey, do you know about the film festival? Uh, I've heard about it, but I mean, I. That's right. You're not on social media. Not on social media. God, can we talk? I'm, how's that? How is that? How is that freedom? It's it's divine. Or have you been on social media? Have you fallen into this? I into this hole. So before I started skydiving, I actually did try to like create a Twitter account, but not not in the usual way. I was trying to like just make a name for myself, just do, submitting like riddles and puzzles like every hour of every day. And so you last, wanted to be a Twitter super nerd? Yeah, but right. th- it was. Uh, I just kind of. No, that didn't go anywhere. So no other social media? No. Why not? Uh, never got into it. I don't blame you, man. My dad. I think my dad liked the... Like, he just... He called me. He's like, hey, I saw you are going to be in that podcast. I'm like, how the hell did he... Yeah, how the I, hell did he... Yeah, like, <laughs> and I, I checked, and I saw that he liked it. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> how did he figure it out? My name's in the, uh, dis- in the description. Hey, Dad. I'm, Hi, Dad. Yeah, if he's listening, I don't know. Yeah, no, but so like we'll tag you in the description if you have Facebook, but you don't have Facebook. That's, I'm still in the. I'm still textually in the description. There's tons of people named Jeff Freeman on Facebook because I'll tell you when I look for photos of you, I actually searched your name just yeah, to see I'm what I can find. out there too, it, it, dude. It's hard to find anything of you. I know. Yeah, there's plenty of pictures of you in the rating center pictures. That's true. And I do tag your name. I know. I've seen that. Yeah. So it's just just so people wonder who it is or know who it is. Yeah, and if you don't prefer being tagged, let me no, know. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. It's just this is the one area where it's like, okay, I don't mind if people know this. No Instagram. No? Do you know there's hot chicks on Instagram, right? Uh, sure. On the Insta. Sure. They okay. slide into those DMs. You better watch out. <laughs> oh, dude, man. I think I know what those acronyms mean. What? Direct message? Is that yeah, it? yeah, that's yeah, right. That's correct. Yeah. You're doing great. I'm doing awesome. You're ready, dude. Man. You're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Could you go without social media? Dude, I have a fantasy of going without social media, and I really, really would like to. I used to get off of Facebook for like a couple of months every year. I would just deactivate it, usually around my birthday, so I didn't have to hear about it, and I just wouldn't be on it. It was great. And then now with the role I play for Spaceland, I respond to all the, the questions on social media. I post a lot of you know, content on social media, and I have to log into my personal Facebook account to access the Spaceland account, uh, and that all connects to my phone. And I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Figure out a way to uh, have some other people help me with the uh, those responsibilities for a month, maybe, and uh, see how it affects my my life and my mental state. <laughs> But uh, I haven't done it for a long time. We won't talk too much about uh, Sacrifice September, but we'll talk about something we're not doing on Sacrifice September. So we're, a lot of our Sacrifice September is inspired by Joe Rogan and Sober October. And one of the things that Ari Shafir suggested is off your phones, off social media for the entire month. And, and he immediately said, you really can't do that, though, because you rely so much on social media for what you do. And for me, I have 
I have uh, uh, the Rating Center and Gravity Lab that I have to really re- uh, deal with with social media. I mean, hell, right now we are on social media. Right. I also work social media for another company as well and help them with their different things. So there's, I just don't think a practical way I could do no social media because I, I, I just don't. So I wonder what if there's a loophole that we say take all the social media off of our phones and only deal with social media when we have to post something for work. Could, could could that be a, a caveat we could work? Or does that just really break the purity of that thought? I don't know. I think that that's, that's a pretty good place to start of uh, get, getting rid of apps on my phone. Now now my phone is just how it used to be, where I just send text messages and make phone calls. Bingo. Or we could hire Jeff to run all our social media for a month. There oh, we go. God. <laughs> I'd actually probably be pretty good at it. But, <laughs> like I, I have an addictive personality. so. But I, I have a problem because you know we say I don't have facebook on my phone but how often do you look at facebook on your phone and it's bullshit too many times dude it's always bullshit but how many times do you look at facebook on your phone and it's because you're dealing with something work related oh gosh not as high as a percentage as i would like it to be to feel like a good person but it is high enough there's a percentage there for sure that that's the thing yeah, because there's times where I'm like, oh, look, I was tagged in comments. Oh, look, I need to tell somebody, hey, yeah, there's a course on January 3rd. Come hang out with us. So, And that's where my big, like, I, people have this instant need for gratification. I had a guy this week call me. I didn't answer his call. Email me. I didn't answer his email. Text me. Call me. Email me. All in like six hours. I didn't answer him uh, quick I, enough. Just before you said that story, I was like, well, most people can just wait till the end of the day, right? Or the beginning of the next day. But I guess not. No. And I probably once every month get somebody who does that, who will contact me every possible way. And I say once a month. I wouldn't be shocked if there's more than one person a month who contacts me every possible way multiple times because I didn't answer him right away. I, I have a policy for, spay, for the rating center. If you have a rating center email address, you must answer your emails within 48 business hours, preferably 24 business hours. And if you can't, send a polite response. Hey, man, I'm a little tied up right now. I just want to let you know I got your email. I'll hit you back up in a couple of days. Or I'll hit you back and let them know when you're going to let them back. I've had so many customers tell me, dude, I went with your company because you answered my email right away. Mm-hmm. People want that stupid instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So I have this really huge problem that I feel like if I don't answer people right away, I'm not going to do my job. So that, that like, I got to be on Facebook to make sure I answer shit. It just fucking drives me nuts, dude. If it wasn't for work, would you have it? Gosh, I would have taken some more breaks for sure. Yeah. So, some people, uh, my, my, my good friend whose uh, wedding I'm doing next month, been my best friend for the last 10 years, he's not on social media. And I really admire him for, for that. He's he's a really driven person, really successful person, and he's not spending. You know, he doesn't pick up his phone to respond to notifications because they're not coming in. And man, there's a lot of time. Like I, I notice that when I'm frustrated with something, like frustrated, like creatively, I'm trying to build a video and I'm stuck on a spot. Man, I'll pick up my phone, and man, it's a time suck. Mm-hmm. It's a waste. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't available, if I didn't have an account to check, then. I'm sure that the time that I spent messing around on my phone would at least be less. I'd go to Amazon and start shopping. And I'm not kidding. When, when, when I get to the point where I'm stuck, I do look at social media and just like do it to burn my brain out. And then if I can't find anything on the phone to entertain me, I'm on Amazon shopping. I fucking hate Amazon. What, what do you like to buy? 
What you don't buy, I you like? Buy clothes. Buy. You buy electronics. You buy gadgets. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. Dude, I got home today. Went and got a carpet from my front door from Amazon. Mm, there you go. Right. Yeah, Jeff. Do you have any? Uh, I mean, we know that you don't have social media, but do you have an electronic addiction of any sort? Anything you do? I've. I was always a nerd, so I still do some video game stuff and. I I love I'm a music nerd too. So all right, let's uh, let's lose all of our listeners and you tell me about games for a second. <laughs> oh no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> what do you play? Single player shit, man. Because I'm also not a online game person. So so I want to take that right there back to camps. You said I'm an introvert. I don't want to ruin other people's skydive. So I don't get involved with these camps. I don't do yeah. these things because I don't want to ruin everybody else's time. What's the purpose of a camp? To get better, I imagine. But, For people uh, to learn. Yeah. Do you know why they put camps together? For people like you. Okay. If they were worried about you ruining the skydive, they wouldn't have called it a camp. Okay. They'd call it an invitational or they would call it something else. Okay. But straight up, man, so many people like Jeff exist who worry about it. And Nick, I think you hear it all the time. People talk like, oh, I don't want to ruin the skydive. I don't want to be on it. And Nick, you've actually shot videos of camps. Sure. And I've actually listened to Nick. I've stood at the top of the stairs in the hangar with Nick looking down going like, oh, God, I got to go shoot the video again with that group. And that guy just tried to kill me. Yeah, it happens. But, yeah, the, but I don't the, want to be that guy. You know? The good thing about good organizers is they're really good at putting the right people in the right group and giving them the right advice. Okay. Where maybe your first, uh, you know, the first couple of jumps, there might be a, a few things that they move around to to either play to your strengths or give you something to work on when you do well or to just better organize the the jump for an overall successful skydive. But um, that's something that experienced organizers will do. And that's the whole point of having different levels of groups and the whole point of having a skills camp. Because there is such a thing as someone who's an intuitive flyer, but it's like well, seriously 1% of people who stick with skydiving. Okay. I, can, I can think of a, handful, a small handful of names that come to mind when I, when I think of people who just, just get it, you know? Okay. All right. But, uh, no, the rest of us are struggling to learn, and that's what the camps are for. And you say you don't want to be that guy, and I think Nick just kind of actually said this, but I I want to get a little more direct. You've actually – and I can think of a very particular time he goes, that guy just tried to kill me, and I forget the exact words. But how many times have you been in that situation as a video guy and seen that guy improve and get better at the end? Oh, yeah, that guy always gets better. Especially when there's nowhere to go but up. (laughs) We're down. But, um, no, I mean, that's the – that's the point of flying with an experienced organizer. If you really are that guy, then you're going to get attention. It's kind of like the squeakiest wheel gets the right. gets the oil. Sure. That uh, hey man, this this and this, and if you're doing it that wrong, there an experienced coach is going to have a few fundamental things of like hey man, think about this, look at this, change this, do this. That's going to change the game in the, in, a, in a jump or two. Uh, and so, it, if you're really that bad. That experienced organizer is still going to have a way to put you someplace. Hey, you might not be on this jump anymore, but we have another guy who's helping guys like you. Most experienced groups like that have events going on or, ha- or have backup plans going on to help the guy who is a scrub. Yeah. To help him get somewhere and to give him direction. So even if you don't learn what everybody else is learning in the camp, you're going to learn, man. I'll encourage you 100%. Get involved with these things. They're there for people like you. They're there for people like me because, quite frankly, man, Nick and I just did a free fly jump together. He landed, looked at the video, and gave me a little tip and advice. And, and one of the things is, is I've never not free flown. I say never. I probably haven't not worn a free fly suit in 
forever. Mm-hmm. And the first time I jump off free fly suit, Nick's like, yep, you made a mistake I make when I dress that way. Check out, you're doing this. I'm like, I swear I wasn't. I totally believe him. But man, we're always going to be learning. So, so take that opportunity. You have a lot of opportunity at Spaceland and with the Unlimited Jump Package. Get involved in those camps, man. Yeah. So what's your biggest fear out of the Unlimited Jump Package? What's the thing that you are worried about the most this year? Um, rain. <laughs> <laughs> man, and we've got plenty I've of that. I've been in Houston for, uh, since 2009, and this has to be one of the wettest years I can remember. But I, probably just because I, it's a, I'm just more cognizant of it. It's probably both, honestly. It has been a really wet year. It's been a lot of rain. Yeah. Like the, 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 the weather's good now. Like yeah. the, 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 we're still seeing uh, a little bit of clouds, but it's like these isolated clouds that move through. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it, it even totally closed up today, right? Yeah. For an hour. And then last load was flying and completely blue and, and clear skies. Yeah. So it's the time of year where, yeah, we might see clouds once or twice a day and you might get close to some. But it's not like that overcast layer that yeah. has been there and, and, and been very unrelenting. Just those weeks where you're, you're on, you're off. But you're from, from, from now until, God, October, we're going to jump every day. We're going to fly every day. Good. So I'm curious, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I'm looking it up right now. I, I'm not going to find the numbers right away. But here's what I remember looking at just a couple months ago this year. I've heard from so many jumpers, it's the wettest year we've ever seen or the wettest year we've seen in quite a while, yada, yada, yada. And I've actually looked up the historical data. We are not very far off from the actual normal average rainfall a year in Houston. Okay. Here is what we are getting. A lot of, a lot of rain, just not a lot at once. Okay. Where Houston historically gets just a, a, a lot of rain chunks at a time. Mm-hmm. We've just been getting it to rain all the time. So it's not been as heavy as it could be. It's right. just been the frequency. There have been a lot of days with very light sprinkling rain and just that overcast layer yeah. at a, that is socked in. Yeah. yeah. So it does seem like it's the wettest year. And if, if you look at the data, it isn't. But the frequency of the problem has really been the problem. Okay. So, and I agree with Nick. It's both. It has been really a horrible year. And absolutely. How many jumpers start and go like, I've never paid this much attention to the wind. God. You've yeah. never walked outside and realized how windy it was until now. I, I get stressed now when I take my dogs on a walk. So I go outside in the morning and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but then I'm 60 miles north, so I'm like, maybe it's different down there, you know? Where, where do you live? Spring. Okay. All right. That's uh, one healthy drive, man. It is a... You drive it every day? I do. Yeah. It's 120 miles. What kind of car do you drive? Honda Odyssey. It's a minivan. Hell yeah, van crew. Dude, it's good mileage though, right? It's good. It's that, great that's mileage. where I'm going with it's that. It's great mileage and I can put a ton of shit in there. So And I do right now my equipment's unpacked on my back. So I won't make fun of a van unless yeah. it's a transit van. Then it's just like whatever, dude. Go fuck yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nick Lott. <laughs> hey, by the way, <laughs> do what do you, you know it's a handsome goddamn van? What are you doing yeah. tomorrow? Uh I don't know. What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. I'm going to be at the drop zone. You better not be, motherfucker. Don't tell me what to do. You're not the fucking boss of me. You're not going to be at the drop zone tomorrow. I'm going to punch you in the nuts. Well, what, why? I'm wearing a cup. <laughs> no, just, uh, Nick Nick is a hardworking man, and he oh. deserves a day off, and, I, and I'm trying to encourage him to take tomorrow off. So ah. please take tomorrow off, Nick. I hope We've all got you. things to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a line, the goddamn coaster on the desk, yeah. and then you got to shoot some videos. Do you consider, with your amount of jumps, uh, fun jumping, something you'd want to do on your day off or is this you just want to completely yeah, I mean, get the hell away I, I oh if, I, if i'm there i will absolutely do work 
it's very difficult uh, for me to be there and be fully disconnected from from the work function side of things unless there's like an event going on like an organized big way event or okay. or uh you know maybe i'm shooting video for uh the you know angle camp or whatever like like that i'll, I'll be pretty attached to that thing okay because <laughs> because I'm going to make an edit of it and turn it into work later. Got, got it. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then I'm getting getting the footage that I need. But every once in a while, I do get to experience the drop zone as a as a disconnected, just fun jumper, not as a staff member. And that's when I uh, like it the most. When gotcha. I realize how cool it is. Yeah. Seeing it kind of from from that outside perspective. You actually okay. do a great job though of fun jumping on your work days. Yeah. You probably of all the people out there. You're one of the people who does a great job of fun jumping during work. I try and squeeze it in, like at the beginning of the day. If, yeah. if I'm not uh, shooting a video on those first loads, I try and squeeze one in. Yeah. You, you definitely are probably a little bit better at the most. And and I don't know, uh, I to answer your question for me, if it's my day off, I don't want to go to the drop zone. Yeah, I figured. And it's plain and simple. I'm like, Nick, if I go to the drop zone, no matter how much I try to be off work, I will work. Partially because if somebody sees me there, they're going to go, hey, hey, Nick, 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 can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's your problem. If- it happens, yeah. Or there's just an issue that, sure, I could solve it tomorrow, yeah. but it's I'm there and so is the problem, so let's fix it. Yeah, it's yesterday during our lunch. What, we take 45-minute lunch break yesterday? Yeah, I remember I was right with you. That fucking guy called you. Dude, 45-minute <laughs> lunch break. I didn't take a lunch break yesterday. And it's because I had to work the entire time through the process. Part of it was by my choice, but a big part of it was is I couldn't turn. We went downstairs to do evaluations. We went downstairs to practice teaching exits. Mm -hmm. And while I was watching these guys practice teaching exits, how many different people bothered me during that process? You had to like, so you had to step away twice. Yeah, it it just it happens nonstop. Now that's that's not a complaint. It's just a statement of fact because straight up. I'm honored that you trust me enough and like me enough to approach me to ask for yeah, my help. I mean, if you've got, if it's well known that you've got knowledge or a skill set about a certain thing, especially a thing that's in high demand, like ratings or you know just just general knowledge about skydiving. Yeah, yeah, I want help. People ask. Yeah, so again, it's not a complaint; it's just a statement of fact. And it looks like you're at work when you're there. You know. Yeah. So if I show up to the drop zone just to play, somebody's like, hey, man, here's the thing, and here's a secret for you guys at the drop zone. Most of the staff who know me know this. If I show up and I'm wearing a shirt that is not skydiving related, guess what? I'm fun jumping. If my shirt says more cowbell, I'm fun jumping. If my shirt has a Mustang club on it, I'm fun jumping. I'm there to play. I'm not there to work. And there's actually people come up to me and who know that and go like, hey, you're playing today. Can I play with you? That's a good question. I'll play with you. One of my favorite things I do on a fun jump, Nick, I, I learned this trick from Stephen Boyd. I don't know if you've ever done it, is get ready for a skydive, manifest for a load, and walk into the loading area and just look around. Hey, what are you guys doing? And if they're doing something that I can capably get involved with and I can skydive in the group with and it's not going to totally blow their plan, can I join you? If it's something that I can't join the plan, hey, can I come shoot outside video of it? And, dude, it's so much fun. And let's be real. We're not the most accessible people, Nick. Not all, Like as far as we're always busy, we're always working. It's so fun for me to go up to a newer set of jumpers like, hey, man, can I join you guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll jump with you. It, it's just so much fun, dude. It yeah. really is, man. Uh, speaking of accessible, I got to, man, I got to thank some people. Kim 
Regan, I think is how she says her last name. Uh, I don't know if you met her this weekend. She is a fan, a listener of the show, listens to us all the time. She pulled me aside. She saw a good moment. She saw a good window. She saw I was down, and she wanted to introduce herself. Guys and gals, if you see we're down and we see at the time and you want to introduce yourself, man, I really enjoy getting to meet people and hearing your stories about the show. So, so thank you, Kim. Thank you for taking that time. And yeah, I got stickers. She didn't ask. I got stickers. Nick's got stickers. Ask us. We got too many stickers. We'll give some away to you. <laughs> Jeff, we really got to wrap it up, man. We kind of wandered around as much as we normally yeah. do. We're pretty good at that. Um, what? Anything else you want to share with your friends? Anything else you want to share with people who are thinking about getting an, a license in a week or an unlimited jump package? If you feel like you want to do it, if you feel like there's any inkling of you that wants to do it, do it. Just do you it. Gotta, you got you to try it. You owe it yourself to try it. And uh, I highly doubt there's people that... Uh, if they think they want to do it and they and they try it, I, 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 there's got to be a small number of people who say, no, it's not for me. Outside of the skydiving facet, what's your favorite part of the drop zone life? What, what, do I have the drop zone life? That's the... Well, you don't live on it, but you're around it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I really just love how laid back people are and how friendly people are. and It's kind of like a high school locker room a little bit, but... That's kind of fun every now and then, but it's also, it's just amazing if you just, what you can learn just by listening, just being a fly on the wall. It's amazing. In between jumps, you can just pick up so much. Mr. P, as we wrap it up, what you got, homeboy? Gosh, I don't think I have anything. I think I said it. I think it's been said. Guys and gals. Nick is going to share a Vimeo link, or I'm going to share a Vimeo link at the end of this thing. Go check out this super da- dope video that Nick put together for a karaoke night. It's the video he put together that he sang for some really cool Easter eggs. Funky white boy, hit that crazy music. We're going to check it out. Guys and gals, we're out for now. Next week, we got Bo Reby from Performance Designs. He's in town. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. He is episode 90 fucking 8, boys. We're getting really close to that big 100. We don't know what we're going to do. No promises about anything special. Till then, leave my house, Jeff. Go home. Thank you. Love you, bud.